All right. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Summer Movie Club. I invite you all to come in and know me better, man. I, as always, am the man who, if he had a flavor, you bet it would be sour, Adam. Uh, And I am joined, as always, by my brother, who is a squeezing, wrenching, grasping, clutching, covetous old sinner, Zach. How's it going, everybody? That was a solid can crack. Adam, if you were a flavor, I bet you'd be sweet as sugar. Nah, if I was a flavor, I'd probably taste like cheap beer. Yeah, probably. Same. Um, if you guys didn't guess from the... Cheap beer and chicken wings. Exactly. Uh, if you guys didn't guess from the uh, the cheap beer and chicken wings, we are covering uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, Zach and mine's favorite Christmas movie. Correct, Zach? Yes. Um, I think I mentioned in last week's podcast, Zach, uh, we were going to cover four Christmas movies this year. Um the last two weeks of the holiday season being my favorite Christmas movie and Zach's favorite Christmas movie. And then just two other random Christmas movies. But I said to Zach, well, that's going to be hard because we probably have the same uh, favorite movie, which as we've all, we've established throughout this podcast that Zach and mine's brains work on the, uh, a very similar, if not the exact mm-hmm. same uh, wavelength. Um, so yeah, Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, I made note last podcast. I, I make it a, uh, I make it a, a to do every Christmas season to um, to watch this movie. Um, some people, you know, it's a wonderful life or uh, white Christmas or insert other Christmas movie here. Um, but my go to Christmas movie is Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, uh, if I go back over to IMDb movie was released uh, December 11th, 1992. Never so. Never, I feel like this forget. is the second week in a row. <laughs> was the Santa Claus also released on September oh. 11th, December 11th? No, but I I feel like it was just other random things that I kept saying the 11th. I kept saying 11 and you kept telling me to never forget. Oh, it was it was released on November 11th. November 11th, there you go. And you said never forget. So, never forget. Um, so yeah, released uh, December 11th, 1992. Um Muppet characters tell their version of the classic tale of an old and bitter miser's redemption on Christmas Eve. Um, and would you like to read the bizarre cast list? Yeah. This so this movie, in, in a in the in the opening credits of the movie, um, they credit uh, Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge, but then only list the Muppets and who they're playing. Um, and if you go on to the IMDb uh, page for the Muppet Christmas Carol, um, the cast reads as Michael Caine as Scrooge, Kermit the Frog is Bob Cratchit, and then Dave Gowells, who I'm assuming that's how you pronounce his name, um, who plays uh, the great Gonzo as Charles Dickens, Robert Which Marley. Which is a weird credit there, just the, the, just the fact yeah. that he's credited as the great Gonzo as Charles Dickens. Yeah. Robert Marley, uh, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew, uh, Bettina Cratchit, uh, Rat and Zoot. Uh, Miss Piggy is credited as Emily Cratchit. The Great Gonzo is credited as Charles Dickens. Steve Whitmire is credited as Kermit the Frog as Bob Cratchit, Rizzo the Rat, Beaker, Bean Bunny, Belinda Cratchit, Beetle Lips Pig Gentleman. Um, Beetle Lips J- Pig Gentleman. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Jerry Nelson is credited as Tiny Tim Cratchit, Jacob Marley, Ghost of Christmas Present. Uh, Lou Zealand, Ma Bear, Mouse, Mr. Applegate, Penguin, Pig Gentleman, Pops, Rat, and then uh, Rizzo the Rat is Self. 
Uh, Fozzie <laughs> Bear is Fozzie Wig. Frank Oz, uh, Miss Piggy as Emily Cratchit. Fozzie Bear as Fozzie Wig. It's just very strange that they list all of the Muppets as the char- as their characters, but then uh, then list the voices of the Muppets. Um, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I could go on and on, but I'm just tired of saying a Muppet's name yeah. and then who they play in the role. Um, uh, Frank Oz, I think, also taking on double not not double because he plays half the goddamn Muppets. Um, taking on multiple roles as the, as not only uh, Muppet characters, but I believe he produced this movie. Correct? Uh, at this point, I believe he was like pretty ingrained. Like he yeah. was the uh, a little uh, back history on this movie, if I may. I'm a bit of a, a, a Muppet. Muppet file fan, not like uh, too intense, but I, I I love the Muppets. I think there should be more Muppets, yeah, in in, in the world. Uh, when I went to Disney World on my honeymoon, I made a point to eat at the the Muppet themed pizza place they have there. Oh, excuse me, um, I own a Muppet T shirt. There you go, etc. Which uh, is more is Muppet T shirts than I own. So uh, this is the first major Muppet production. Following the sudden death of Jim Henson, yeah, I actually uh, have um, uh, notes about that because um, the movie is in loving memory of Jim Henson and Richard Hunt. Um, Jim Henson passed away in May of 1990 due to complications with pneumonia, um, and Richard Hunt, who is a puppeteer but also provides the voices for Scooter, Statler, Janice, Beaker, and Sweetums, um, he died. Uh, in I actually I had the I had it written down. He died in earlier in the year, January I believe January eleventh, nineteen ninety two, um, due to heart failure. Due to um, he contracted HIV AIDS, um, mm. in the late eighties. Um, so his heart failure was due to the HIV AIDS. Um, Were, did, had you read the fact that um, the originally the ghosts. Yes, the ghosts were actually supposed to be uh, Muppets. Um, yeah, it was Piggy, supposed to be Piggy. Miss Piggy uh, was supposed to be the ghost of Christmas past. Scooter was supposed to be the ghost of Christmas present. And Gonzo and, and was supposed in, to be the ghost of a uh, missed Christmas opportunity yet to come. Because the, the sight gag. This, yeah, so in every iteration of the, of, of the Christmas Carol that I've ever seen, the ghost of Christmas yet to come is portrayed as like a Grim Reaper type character um, wearing a dark hooded cloak. Um, and the, the gag was going to be the only thing that stuck out of the cloak was Gonzo's nose. Gonzo's nose, yeah. Uh, which, instead... which would have been it, it would have been funny, but I feel like it would have taken away from the um it would the, the movie takes a serious tone, uh a turn at that point. Um and I think I feel yeah. like it would have taken away from that. Um but when they when they readjusted Gonzo became Charles Dickens, Miss Piggy became Emily Cratchit, and they took Scooter entirely out of the movie i wonder if that had anything to do with the health of richard hunt that being his um character i think so maybe um because we i think i think we've discussed in this movie um was it this movie or muppet treasure island where no i think it was this movie where you see um ralph the piano playing dog um yeah i believe he was jim playing jim henson's character was jim that was his original character yeah yeah, but he's silent. He he's playing the piano at at Fuzzy Wigs. Yeah, party. you see him, but you don't uh, hear him as a as a, a nod to um, Jim Henson. Excuse um, me, Amber. but uh, with with Jim Henson passed away, Brian Henson takes over as director on this. His son, and it also marks the first uh, major production of Steve Whitmire playing Kermit, Kermit the Frog. The Frog. Um, I actually read a, a note where apparently I think an interview um, Steve Whitmire said. 
that um, he was very nervous about taking over the reins of Kermit the Frog, mm -hmm. um, especially on such a grand scale as this. Um, but he said, uh, again, I, I believe he said that uh, before the night before production started. Oh, no, the night before he had to record the songs as Kermit. Um, he had a dream uh, where he was in a hotel lobby with Jim Henson and he was mm. expressing his fears and doubts towards playing the character. And Jim Henson assured him that it would be OK. And um, he, the, the, you know, the rest is all Muppet Christmas Carol history. Um, recently, Steve Whitmire has had a falling out with the Muppet uh, production uh, in there's a new uh, relatively new Disney Plus like short supposed to be unscripted quote-unquote Muppet like mm -hmm. series and uh, you immediately notice that Kermit sounds off and evidently uh, Steve Whitmire had a, a direction like a creative directional dispute over um, Kermit uh, some depending on who you talk to he says one thing the Muppet production says he became increasingly difficult to work with and yeah um, but yeah so he played Kermit for a good uh, good. Uh, almost twenty, twenty-five, thirty, almost thirty years. No. Um, as Zach mentioned, um, this is actually the uh directorial debut of um Brian Henson. He did something before this, um, but it was some uh, it was a couple of twenty-seven episodes of a TV series, um, called Mother Goose Stories. Um, but he directed Muppet Christmas Carol. He directed a few episodes of the TV show Dinosaurs. Um. He directed uh, Muppet Treasure Island, uh, Muppets Tonight, um, you know, a bunch of of uh, a lot of TV, mini TV series type things. Um, uh, recently, he directed, um, which I just saw not that long ago, was the Happy Time Murders. Did you see? I enjoyed Happy the Murders? Happy Time Murders. I did. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. the Happy Time it's Murders stupid. a lot. It's it is. It's not like great, but it's it's funny. It has its moments. Yeah. Um, when I he, believe like the, just the that tagline, one scene. Yeah, good. The, I would say I believe the tagline for the Happy Time Murders is "All Sesame." Oh, uh, no, Sesame all, all Street. All Street, yeah. That scene where the puppet jizzes all over. Oh, and then goes and I'm then dizzy. I, I, yeah, I'm dizzy. <laughs> I'm dizzy. I'm dizzy. <laughs> it is very entertaining. Um, he was also apparently directed uh, going to direct a um uh of something called Witch Witch, which has been announced. I don't know what the hell that is. Um. Uh, writing credits for the movie go to Charles Dickens for the original novel. And I'm going to assume his name is pronounced Jerry Jewell, J-U-H-L. Um, Jerry Jewell. Who, um, who's, who's written just a slew just, of like, just, almost just every, like, uh, everything Muppets you could think of. He's probably just, had a part. Just in. like that guy last week hitched his wagon to Tim Allen. Jerry Jewell hitched his wagon to, to the Hensons and, and yeah. wrote it. I say we have Tales from Muppetland, the Muppet Musics of Brennan, uh, the Muppets Valentine Show, the Muppets Go Hollywood, the Muppet Movie. Uh, he wrote 120 episodes of the original Muppet Show, Muppets Go to the Movies, The Great Muppet Caper, Muppet Treasure Island. Oh, the Muppet! Remember Muppet Treasures? He wrote Muppet Treasures. Mm -hmm. Muppet Treasures was a video that Muppet Treasures was just a a um, it was compilation a of yeah. skits from the yeah. But it, a, a lot but yeah, of it was what like color songs. was the font on the Muppet Treasures tape, Adam? Uh, I don't remember. Purple. Was it? Yeah. I don't if I'm remembering correctly. I don't remember that at all. Um, but yeah, he's well, he's written attention. he's written all, uh, uh, 26 episodes of Fraggle Rock. Um, 
just a whole bunch of uh, here Muppet Christmas Carol, as we said, 80 episodes of Sesame Street, uh, Muppet Treasure Island, he did the screenplay. Um, uh, most recently, he wrote Jim Henson's Turkey Hollow, um, which came out in 2015, uh, post mortem for him. He died in September of 2005. Um, so I guess it was something that he maybe had. Uh, oh, he had a story by, so I guess it was maybe something that he had written uh, before. Um, but uh, I'm not going to go over all of. Um, I'm not going to go over all of uh, Charles. Just Dickens. a lot of Muppet stuff. Char- Char- oh, I was going to say I'm not going to go over Charles Dickens. Yeah, stuff. I just found a I found a picture of the tape. Muppet Treasures, and I was correct. It was purple, 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 purple lettering, recorded in hi-fi. There you go. Um, and then I also have uh, Richard Hunt's IMDb page up. Uh, as I mentioned before, Richard Hunt um, was Isn't another. There something, it's so, something about the name Richard Hunt that feels like just one misspoke away from a curse word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you remember um, Muppet Classic Theater? Yes. I do remember Muppet Classic Theater. It was, um, I specifically remember there was a thing where Gonzo was Rumpelstiltskin. Mm-hmm. And there was also a Three Little Pigs um, telling. And there uh, 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 there was a Shoemaker and the Elves, I believe. Oh, there and was. There was. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Kermit was King Midas. No, was Kermit King Midas? Yes, yeah. he was. And, uh, and then there was the an... Seder. And then there was an Emperor's New Clothes, if I'm not sure. Oh, that's, the... that's right. Fozzie was the Emperor in the Emperor's New Clothes. Um. Lots of, yeah, lots of lots of Muppets in. Uh, I remember Zach, getting that at the Disney Store. Yeah, me and Zach have grown up loving, which is a very old sentence. Um, <laughs> me and Zach I bought have, that VHS at the <laughs> Disney Store. Yeah, me and Zach have grown up, um, grown up loving the Muppets. So obviously, um, it's a no brainer that this is our favorite Disney movie. Um, Christmas movie. Christmas movie, I should say. Um, what did I say? Disney. Oh, favorite uh, Christmas movie. Um, just as a side note, since this is our last week of covering Disney Christmas movies, I just almost did it. To, this is this is our last week of co- covering Molly movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what's your favorite of the Rankin Bass, the um, the claymation? Um, I I feel like don't like the, any of them. No, I feel like the only one I can really vividly remember is "You Were That of Santa Claus." That's mine. I don't feel like I feel like I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you like what happens in any of the other ones. Well, uh, when Santa Claus is coming to town, uh, the he, Santa Claus comes to town. Come, comes to town. <laughs> um, um, I, I hate you. <laughs> I mean, it's right there in the title, Adam. Yeah. Um, so back on Muppet Christmas Carol, this uh, it is a musical. Um, hell of a musical. Hell of a musical. The soundtrack. All is- the songs, except maybe one, are bangers. Let me ask you. Which, Straight which, bangers. Which one is the one that's not a banger? The one that the 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 bless us all. The one that Tiny Tim sings. Yeah. Yeah, I fucking have that as a note too. Because like, here's the my Tiny problem. Tim, wanna... The Tiny Tim song, like I, we talked about it with Game of Thrones. Like every episode of Game of Thrones, like Game of Thrones is an amazing series, but by default, one episode has to be the shittiest. This is a great soundtrack, but by default, one of them has to be the worst. And I believe I think it's bless us all. And what what annoys me the most, and I even made note of it, is uh, let's touch on it real quick. They cut the song "When Love Is Gone," mm-hmm. um, 
because they felt it was too much of a downer mm-hmm. and slowed the movie down too much. So you cut out that song, which is a great song, and furthers the plot, makes you understand the, the, the Scrooge character even more. Yeah. You leave this awkward cut where this woman says, you did once, and then Rizzo's crying. Yeah. But you leave in, fucking God bless us all. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted to touch on um, the on um, When Love is Gone. Um, Zach had mentioned last week that he was going to be stopping the movie um, at that time. And I ended then, up watching it after because I remembered it was an extra. Yeah, it's, it's actually, if you go into the extras feature on uh, Disney, Disney Plus. Plus, it is the deleted song. Excuse me, the, the deleted song is in there. I, I, in reading um, up on the movie, I saw that Brian Henson announced in mid-December, so literally like a week ago or so. Oh, yeah. That they had found the original film negatives. Yeah. Of the song. Yeah, because so- for a while, it had been inserted into certain versions. Um, I think some TV versions for no, it, no, no, never. It, it was I read it was never it wasn't, it wasn't put on TV. It was in like the the VHS, the Laserdisc, and the first issuing of the DVD, like the widescreen version. You know what? I, re- I had I had the v- I had the DVD of the mm-hmm. movie, and there was you could watch it in standard, which was the theatrical cut. Yeah, and then widescreen, which was the deleted. Which, yeah, which had the something. yeah. Uh, but he they he he announced they had located the original film negatives of the of that song and versions from here on out would be it would be reinserted yeah because he so, was not he was not in agreeance no he it was it was to it was too much protest from is Brian agreeance Hansen. a word i say it all the time and i don't think it's a word it sounds right um but yeah it, it should be agreement is, yeah. is the word i should be using maybe um but yeah too much protest of brian henson um that song was taken out um, but yeah, I believe they. I read something that when they transferred it from like the original to like the 4K or whatever the hell it is in now, um, they couldn't find the the um, the negatives. But it was has been recently found, and as Zach said, like very recently, with within, like within the past like, for the past weeks or so. Um, I mean, today's the twentieth. We're looking at like ten days ago. It was early December, and it mm-hmm. specifically said mid December. So yeah. Um. So, uh, getting into the getting into the movie, as I said in the opening credits, I love the fact that the the Muppets are credited as actual, like as actual people mm-hmm. would be credited. Gotta get um, those SAG bucks, dude. Yeah, um, Kermit needs that health insurance. Exactly. Um, in the, I don't, I don't know if it's in the opening. I don't know if it's in the opening song or if it's. Um, oh no, it's not in the opening song. It's just in like the opening credits of the movie. There's like a at one point there's a frog sitting on like a ledge, at least a story off the ground, pulling on a chicken. It's there's there's, there's a, a lot of Muppets that are doing, just doing weird like, shit, just hanging out of windows or sitting yeah. on ledges or I mean there's there's limitations about what you could do with a Muppet like yeah. in a practical set, um, yeah. but. Um, but we'll get into something because we... I have a couple things there, like kind of interesting about how they did the, how they did certain Muppets. Um, I just have a real quick note. Um, there is uh, I don't know what his name is, but there's a guy. He's been in like all the Muppet movies I can remember, and he's the guy who has the fish that like throws. Them. Oh, that's New Zealand. Lou, that's New Zealand. All right, so yeah. that's New Zealand. He's I refer to him as the weird boomerang guy. Funny note, it's actually where Jai Courtney got his inspiration to play Captain mm-hmm. Boomerang in Suicide Squad. 
<laughs> exactly. From, from that I mean, guy. I wasn't going to bring it up till the end, but yeah, that's exactly. New Zealand is, uh, if in Aboriginal, because Jai Courtney's not his, his, his Jai Courtney's a stage name. Uh, in Australian Aboriginal language, New Zealand translates to Jai Courtney. Oh, okay. So he took so much inspiration from the character. He literally took the. the he's the, like, the, I'm going to be this guy, and they're like, and he's like, one day I'm going to play a boomerang guy. It makes sense in a movie, yeah. and they're like, "We're not even making that movie." It's like one day you will, we'll, eventually, we'll get. And there. you're gonna call me, and you're gonna be like, "This guy's perfect." Yeah. The first, like, get me that Muppet, and then the Muppet couldn't do it. Yeah. So then, uh, so then they got they they were like, Jai Courtney. Can we talk about how better of a movie Suicide Squad would have been <laughs> with New Zealand? Was it with New Zealand? He was unfortunately performing in Equius on Broadway. Oh, he took over the role the, from Daniel. From yeah, Michael. strange. Yeah, it's a weird. I'm going to talk later about how weird Muppet legs are. You want to get into how weird Muppet penis is? Yeah, uncircumcised. Well, that play. Uncircumcised Muppet penis. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, I hate you. Uh, I looked the line a from extra felt foreskin. <laughs> a felt foreskin. Felt some foreskin is going to be the name of my new. Uh, uh, it's going to be like the gorillas, but instead of animated, it's Muppets. It's going to be Muppets, and it's going to be a metal band. I like it. And it's going to be felt foreskin. It's kind of good. it's going to be like Death Clock. Remember, mm-hmm. remember that show? <laughs> um, yeah, that's exactly. But yeah, it's going to be Muppets. It's going to be Death Clock with Muppets. That's red. Um, I like the the whole bit from uh, um, from Gonzo where he's like. He's like, I know it like the back of my hand. He's like, prove it. And he's like, all right, there's a little mole on my thumb and well, a before, scar on my wrist when I fell off my bicycle. Before, like, it's still in this um, opening scene of, like, just establishing scene. Mm. Um, I enjoy the fact that Frank Oz does, like, 42 characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. But he only has, like, three voices. Yeah, I have a note. Um, I have notes throughout my thing of, like, characters that are very obviously played by, like... That are just ever so slightly off of normal of other Muppet voices. Yeah, um, it's like and oh, Frank that's Oz almost Fozzy. Yeah. yeah, they're all almost Fozzy. Yeah, um, which is weird because Frank Oz plays like Frank Oz has range. He does Piggy. He does Fozzy. Like, which to me sound very different. Um, but like all of his like background characters are basically Fozzy. Yeah, it's like he. It, it makes me see, feel like it's like uh, the closest to his. Real voice, yeah. like the same way that like like Seth MacFarlane uh, and Seth MacFarlane does like extra characters. They're just basically variations on Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Um, didn't Frank Oz also play Yoda? Yes. Yeah. So he's got like he has voices that sound different. Um, it's just that yeah, all of his background characters are just very Fozzie esque. Um, uh, he as well is not involved with the Muppets anymore. I believe they had a falling out as well. Oh really? He directed something too. Like he was he's. Continue. I'm gonna look up Frank Oz real quick. Yeah. You're good. Um, th- so the uh, so the story starts. I've actually never read the book of Christmas Carol. Have you? No. And I I have questions like later on. I wish I knew the story better because I have questions as to what like the subtle changes. Yeah. Like for instance, um, I I, I believe that Fozziewig is is a subtle change of the name Fezziwig. Yes. In the book. Yeah. I was wondering, I was like, what does Fezziwig sell? Oh, not rubber um, chickens. It's not rubber chickens. What is his business? 
Yeah. Oh, Frank Oz directed Little Shop of Horrors. Though. That's it. That's what I, I knew yeah. it was something. He's actually very, he's directed a lot of various stuff. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors. What about Bob, the Richard Dreyfus Bill uh, really? he Murray movie? That? The Indian in the Cupboard with that uncomfortable little boy. Um, <laughs> in and Out, the Kevin Klein gay movie. Bowfinger, the score. What's the score? I know. I think that's a uh, Robert De Niro and Edward Norton. I knew it was something along those lines. Hmm. So yeah, he has a, a variety of of directing. No. Um, speaking of Little Shop of Horrors, Zach, you just mentioned to me that this is it's Little Shop of Horrors. Like two days ago was like the yeah the thirty fourth yeah. anniversary of Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I just watched the recent. I would have watched it. If I had not just watched it uh, within the last month or two, I probably would have thrown it on the other night. But yeah. Um. Uh. So so the the, the story starts off with the Marleys were dead to begin with. Um. That's another. What do you think about the whole conceit? Con- I don't know if that's word. I'm going to change that word. The concept of Gonzo as Charles Dickens instead of just being. I've actually I I've heard people because this is the only um, I read that this is the only um, film adaptation of a Christmas Carol where Charles Dickens is actually a character in the sh- in the movie. Um, really, and there's no is, reason otherwise. Like if you're just doing right. a straight adaptation of the book, there's no re- like it's not like J.K. Rowling was a, a character in Harry Potter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I actually read that uh, people praise the fact that Gonzo was. Um, uh, Charles Dickens in the movie, so that way we get like not like basically like set direction. Um, we... and not only that, but I think they even like certain specific lines that they wanted poetic sounding lines from yeah. the actual narrative of the book that they could then transpose into the film and have it be organic rather yeah. than you know, forced. But uh, like it, it makes if you want a narrator for the story in that way, it would be awkward if it was just Gonzo and Rizzo because then you'd be like, why are yeah, why are these two telling the story? Yeah, and, and and it kind of plays that like fact that like it's it's it would like because I think Rizzo goes like you're not you know you're not Charles Dickens you're you're Gonzo and he kind of gives him a, a fuck you rat. Um, uh, I like the I like the the how Gonzo keeps um uh, reiterating that he's an omniscient narrator where he goes mm-hmm. like he will meet him as he comes around that corner when now. <laughs> um. I read, when the cold wind I read a thing that um, Michael Caine told Brian Henson that when he was going to play Scrooge, he was going to basically do it as if he was doing like dead serious Shakespearean like acting. Mm-hmm. And Brian Henson was like, "Done, absolutely. That's what I want you to do." Um, like he's like, "I'm not going to play it like I'm playing the Muppets. I'm going to play it like I'm legit, right. like like it's legit." Um, which I think, about which the, I think ends England. up being great. Can we talk about the London that we are, are placed in? Yeah, it's very everything seems like like it's slanting inward. It seems well, no, no, I mean I mean the the makeup of the population because we have a world where we have humans and muppets coexisting, mm-hmm. which is generally how muppets work. Yeah, like even in like in, but still strange that like usually they're working within a. Like you think of the Muppet movie or the 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 new the Muppets with Jason Segel, they're 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 character they're they're not like characters. They're Kermit the Frog is Kermit the Frog, Fozzie Bear. Yeah. Is Fo- like in this, it's they're it, they're basically doing a period piece mm-hmm. where 
Muppets and humans coexist. And yeah. I have questions about like Scrooge's business. Like, is there some sort of split in the society where like it's not like like split along like species lines? Like, because if you think about Scrooge's business, he's a money lender. Mm-hmm. He is his staff is entirely Muppets. Yeah, and the only um people he interacts with in relation to his business in the movie are are Muppets. Muppets. So it's as if he is staffed and caters specifically to the Muppet population. And it made me wonder if there is like, is like, is there a, a moneylender that only deals with the humans? Maybe. Even uh, before their deaths, um, his partners were Muppets. So, right. So like there's, there's humans peppered throughout, but they have very they're very inconsequential in regards to the story. The only two humans that have any actual impact are, on the story are Fred and Belle. his nephew and Bell. Everybody else um, he deals with or interacts with or has any consequence with are, are Muppets. Yeah. yeah. So it just makes me wonder about the society. Yeah. Are there interspecies relationships? I, because it's I would... already strange enough the Muppet with Muppet relationships. We'll get to that later when yeah. we're introduced to the Cratchit family. Yeah. Um, I have a note about that as well. <laughs> I would hope so. I would hope that there's a inter inter Muppet uh, Muppet human relations. Um, I just remembered just randomly. I don't know if it like has it, like something reminded me specifically, but I just remembered a tweet I read. I wish I could credit whoever uh, tweeted. I'm going to try to find it so I could retweet it from the the. Um, the show site, but uh, is uh, saying someone saying like they they find the entire concept of the Muppet Christmas Carol uh, to be a false premise to begin with because the Muppets are obviously Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, all right. But it made me laugh. Anyway, continue. Um, you you talking about uh, human Muppet relations just reminded me of the scene in uh, the Happy Time Murders. Where like the prostitute Muppets are like they ask uh, uh what's her name? Uh Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. Like the whole like rotten cotton uh thing. And they're like they're hitting on her and she's like, I'm a woman. And they just look at each other like, That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> um uh, so yeah, so um, we're introduced to Ebenezer Scrooge in one of the it's just the first of many bangers uh, throughout the bangers. entire um, soundtrack, um, Christmas bangers, I call them. Yeah, I I like the little um, you see them as as Scrooge is walking by, but in one scene there's a little porcupine Muppet, and mm-hmm. next to him is what I can only assume is a small toad Muppet. I love the little toad Muppet. I don't know why. Um, uh, the guy selling vegetables is very obviously Frank Oz. Um, yeah. Even uh, the vegetables don't like him. Yeah. Oh yeah, Fozzie. Yeah, really. Um, the the poor folks live in misery. It's even worse for mouses. Um, and then we're quickly followed by another guy who's driving a carriage, who is also very obviously played <laughs> by Frank Oz. Um, and we also get the line from the mouse family: "No cheeses for us, Mises." Um, Spangers, banger lines. Bangers. I don't know who wrote. For uh, you know what I do notice if you look at the lyrics to all these songs. A lot of big words throughout. Yeah. Um, uh, you had mentioned uh, Gonzo's 
insistence that he's omniscient, his omniscience. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I made a note of other examples. Let me look through my notes. But yeah, like you, you watch it, like these are like big boy words in yeah. a little G rated Muppet movie. Yeah. Um, oh, I just wrote a lot of big words in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Um, uh, do you th- I, do you think the reason why Scrooge is so shitty is because he literally just walks around town and motherfuckers just trash talk him to his face? Well, no, I mean shitty because he had bad luck all around Christmas. Yeah, but di- but did he? We never explained uh, why. Uh, I, the, the I have a note past, about. I I feel like they do. I have a in, note in about a it when Not- we when we get to the Ghost of Christmas Past segment. They go back to his old schoolhouse, and it's. It all it shows is the fact that he's, he's lonely. He's a lonely little boy but who he, retreats is, into his schoolwork, which I call bullshit. Because as the kids are leaving, Michael Caine goes, "There is, there is my best friend, Craig, whatever his name." But he was. didn't have. You never see his family. No, I think true. that's the key. That's true. It made me think, like, was he an orphan? Like, why does he? Like, why? Like, it seems like everyone's going home for the holidays except for him. Like, does he not have a home to go home? Is he an orphan? Well, they say he never goes home to the, for the holidays. So I'm guessing. I, my guess is just between a lonely childhood that was only brought out more so around Christmas, and then his dissolution of his the one like the one relationship that he had in his life coming at Christmas. Mm-hmm. I, uh, it's it's a it's a Grinch situation where. He just he, he he hates Christmas because it reminds him of how alone he is. Yeah, and he's that, at least in his youth. At this point, he's I feel like numbed it with with greed and, and alcohol. Um, yeah, <laughs> greed and uh, money and booze. ironically cocaine because yeah. it's ironic because if you say my cocaine, it says if you, it sounds yeah. like you're saying Michael Caine in a British accent. Yeah, everybody pause right now and just say my cocaine. And it'll sound like Michael Caine in a British accent. Um, I'm a big fan of all of the rats that are employed by Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, at this point, when Scrooge enters his office, we're introduced to Kermit the Frog as Bob Cratchit. Um, mm-hmm. All of the bookkeepers, which are rats. Um, I love the line uh, where they're talking about putting extra uh, coal on the fire. One of the rats just goes, our assets are frozen. <laughs> which is funny because they work in finance. Um, yeah, it's a double entendre. Yeah, um, and then uh, if I remember correctly, Scrooge yells something about the unemployment line, and the, yeah, how would the the the, the bookkeepers something? Oh, yeah. how, <laughs> I how, I had how would they head. if they were suddenly unemployed? And then the the the, the rats break into a luau uh, with the Would with you? the line heat wave. This is my island yeah. in the sun. Um. So I looked up because I've I've been curious of the exact translation. Um, Ebenezer Scrooge's famous line "Bah humbug." Do you know what humbug means? Um, no, I don't. Humbug translates to like fraud or imposter. So he's basically calling like he's calling like uh, Christmas a sham. Oh. Okay. Uh, um. Oh, he, he he's almost he and he uses it. Again, when the Marleys visit him, and he's almost like it almost sounds like he's using it like instead of saying like "oh bullshit," like they say something, and he's like, oh, he, he goes, "Humbug, speak friendly to me" or something like that. It, it, it sounds like he's saying bullshit. Um, yeah, he's, yeah, kind of. I have a. I skipped over two of my notes. Um, it just made me giggle. Like I made I I made a joke and it made me laugh more than it should have. 
but uh, Rizzo's wearing a red and yellow like striped scarf. And I just went, oh, Rizzo's a Gryffindor. <laughs> uh, getting back to to Rizzo and and Dickens, Gonzo Dickens. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm confused as to their um relationship. Yeah, like are they <laughs> are they gay lovers? Friends? Yeah. No. Um. So it appears that they can't be seen. No one can see them. Yeah. They 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 appear to just be there, but not. But then you get into but, the yeah, whole thing so, of the cat chasing Rizzo, and then and they, being able to interact also, which with things. Which goes two layers deep. We'll get, that, oh, like, yeah, that gets, it, gets into, this, it gets into a whole clusterfuck once we get to that. Yeah, thing. it becomes Inception a little bit. We'll yeah. get, I'll, I'll save it for when we go to, go to the past. Yeah. Because, because the first time I noticed it is here, where they have to sneak in through the, when the door's closed. Oh, that's right. Fred, they, like, they have to like run into the run in before he closes the door. So they, they have they seem to not be able to be seen, even though they're selling apples in the beginning. True. Um, but then they still need to deal with the physical aspects of the environment. They yeah, they still interact with the physical act- aspects of the environment. For instance, like Gonzo uses Rizzo to clean the window off. Right. Um until you find out that Rizzo can fit in between the bars, they have to hop the fence to get to the back of Scrooge's house. So it's a very strange relationship they have with time and space. Yeah, um, but I'll, I'll I'll bring it back up when we get to the, the past. I I have a note. Um, I have a note about uh, Gonzo. I don't know why, but for some reason, like all, I mean, all of the Muppets' eyes are you know they're they're ping pong balls with Sharpie on them. But for some reason, Gonzo's eyes seem more dead than the rest of them. I don't. Maybe it's just because like he spends so much time talking directly to the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just maybe it's because he's from space. Maybe hashtag Muppets uh, from something space. to do with the hashtag Muppets from What's space. That? I said hashtag Muppets from space. Yeah. Um. And then the the you know the lack of oxygen in space. Yeah. Dried his eyes out a little more. Exactly. I guess. Um. I have a thing. We we're talking about how there's just Muppets in the background doing weird shit, and like there's very little you can do in a practical environment with the Muppets. Um. I would have liked to have seen how they pulled this one off, and I'm sure it's pretty much just done through, like, animatronics. But when Scrooge enters his office, there's the Muppet Mr. Applegate, mm-hmm. who is talking about how, like, he can't afford his mortgage, and, like, you know, like, um, with, with Christmas coming in up. The and doctor, it, they, do, they take their share, don't yeah, they? Yeah, the doctors take their share, don't they? So at one point, Scrooge walks over and picks him up by, like, the back of his collar to throw him mm-hmm. out of the building. But as he's dragging him out of the building, the Muppet's mouth continues to move. I mean, it could just be like literally they had someone maybe like on like a like a, like a skateboard, just like wheeling, yeah, something like that. Wheeling like a, across. Like a... I'm, I'm sure it was. I mean, it's the it's the it's the it's the it's the Henson workshop. They they the magic man, the magic of the Muppets. Yeah, they the Henson workshop has put out so many crazy animatronic things. I'm sure it's just a, a servo and a motor just like making the mouth flap. But um, I was like, hey, look at that. It's weird. He's, he's moving that Muppet from one end of the screen to the other. And that Muppet is continuing to move his mouth. Um, uh, oh. Um, did you ever realize? It, I, never, it, I never noticed it really. It, I guess it never really bugged me until I started a podcast where I, I nitpick movies. But uh, Bunsen Honeydew has no eyes. Yeah. It bugs the shit out of me. Mm. Um, I'm glad you brought him up. Has no eyes. Wears glasses. 
Uh, well, that's he especially needs the glasses because his eyesight is horrible yeah. having no eyes. Um, it seems like Bunsen and Beaker are the only two people in this entire town who don't know about Scrooge yeah, and uh, like his reputation. Well, that's not true. There's somebody else who hasn't heard about Scrooge and his reputation. The small rabbit who decides it's a good idea to sing Christmas carols outside his uh, outside his office. But I, I was like, uh, I have a note. Like the whole, the rest of the town just did a musical number about him. Yeah, and they weren't. A, they 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 didn't hear that at all. Yeah, they didn't get catch the gist yeah. as they were walking around town that that this is an unlike man. Yeah. Um. So I have a note. Um. Honeydew and Beaker are two of the Muppets who have um articulating hands. Okay. I've always wondered how they do that. I'm all, I'm assuming it's just like two puppeteers, like one of them has their hands up in the hands, and then there's another Probably. puppeteer working the mouth. But it seems very convoluted. Um, if you if you look at some of like the 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 pictures or video of like the setup of some of the, a lot of them are like two people Muppets or yeah. like it's it's only in, in like certain situations like Kermit is a one person Muppet and like. Stuff like that, but like when you have like things like that, like where like a character moving around or uh or using his hands and and speak like you, a lot of times it is like two people working in tandem, yeah. and sometimes it's like it's not like one person in the arm, it's like you like work one half of the body, like you have one arm and then you have the hand up in the mouth, and somebody else has the other arm. Oh, that makes sense, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I um, I have a note later on, um, when we get to the ghosts of Christmas past, when we go to the Fozzie party. Um, the Swedish chef is there. Not only does the Swedish mm-hmm. chef have articulating hands, the Swedish chef has human hands. <laughs> I don't think I noticed. Yeah, he has human hands. It's and it, I think that's where we get that human uh, Muppet relations that you were talking about. Oh, you he's, think the Swedish chef? He is the crossbreed of the two. So he's got a Muppet hand, and he speaks all Muppety like hers diversion bullshit like that, and uh, interacts with talking spaghetti. But he's got human hands. Um, but yeah, it's just it, it's it's um, it's just interesting. Hold on, I'm pulling up a picture now. Um, I I think like after. Oh yeah, weird. Yeah, right. I think after, I don't like that. Yeah, I think after we're done watching, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna look up videos of like the Muppet um, puppeteers to just like because I know I've not seen pictures of them where there's like two of them working a puppet and they're basically just like laying on top of each other to make it work. Um. Mm-hmm. um um. So, Scrooge, Scrooge gives his nephew shit about getting married. What are you doing? Ben wants a bag of chips. Oh, <laughs> I can only hear his crumbling. Um. So, Scrooge gives Fred a bunch of shit about getting married. Now, this is where I'm going to take it into the weird place that Adam always takes it. Do you think Scrooge fucks? No, no, not since Bell. Not since Bell, you think? No. You think he fucked no. Bell? Yeah. Because probably not shit was, based on the decorum of the time. Yeah, so shit was very prim and proper back then. They they didn't they didn't have sex until marriage. So so Scrooge very maybe that's why he's so fucking miserable. Is he needs to get laid. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, that bunny has a um, a special place in my heart that sings the carols. But that bunny is. The bunny is one of the main characters that is also very obviously played by another Muppets voice actor. Um, 
he that rabbit is very obviously played by the actor who plays Rizzo, which is Steve Whitmire, mm. um, which we talked about who who took up the realm, who took up the helm of uh, Jesus of Kermit, took up the realm of Kermit, the realm of Kermit. <laughs> um, I like the line. Feast your eyes on the land before you. Tis the realm of Kermit. Um, I like when they're when Bob Cratchit and the rats are asking for, um, asking for the day off, and you know, he's like, he's like, oh, what what is customary for Christmas? And Kermit's like, oh, the whole day. He's like, the whole day. And one of the rats is like, no, it was the frog's idea. No, no, it's frog's idea. <laughs> it's pretty no, good. No, no, no. Um, uh, another banger. Yeah, you know, I, I just have the line. There's magic in the air this evening. <laughs> um, this is where we start getting into Muppet legs. Sorry, I had no reaction to that. You broke up on me, so all I hear is, uh, I you just said I have a note, and then it just went, yeah. and then it came back in with you <laughs> chuckling. Yourself. Just note that I sang "There's magic in the air this evening." Yeah. Um, we get in this song. We start seeing Muppet legs for the first time in the movie. I have a note that just says Muppet legs. Discuss. Yeah, they. <laughs> I thought I thought you said Muppet legs disgust, um, because that's how <laughs> well, I feel about them. I don't like them. I I don't like them. I don't like they're unnatural. Yeah, I don't like Muppet legs. You're not supposed to see Muppet legs. No, it's um. I was actually I had a conversation with Alex the other day where he was saying why he doesn't like Muppet Christmas Carol, or I think like Muppets in general because of how they always have to shoot the Muppets because they're puppets. I was like, I prefer it that way because when they show the legs, yeah. it deeply disturbs me. <laughs> I think the most like I don't like the yeah. the scene in, in this Jason Segel Muppets when they go to Kermit's house for the first time. I don't know how familiar you are yeah, with that yeah. movie. And then Kermit just is like goes, Oh, hey, can I help you? And like they like do it like a shot of just Kermit standing in his driveway. Yeah. And it's just bizarre. They, just, like, they, have, fucking... they have that exact same shot in this movie, but it's Fozzie. When the lamplighters are lighting um, the yeah. things, it's it's almost as if their legs are atrophied. Yeah, they never seem proportionately uh, like, like alive. Yeah. to the rest of their body. Yeah, so it, it almost seems like they've been in wheelchairs for years, and this is the first they're, they're Grandpa Joe in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and speaking of again, continue. <laughs> no, that's basically it. Uh, like it's, it. It always seems like they've been in. A bed for all these years, and they haven't been able to stand up. They're just standing up for the first time. Um, I was listening to uh, the the final episode the uh, the the episode of Bald Moves Mandalorian podcast Tribe of Two about the season finale of Mandalorian, um, and they have like a little commercial, and they're talking about um, apparently they had a debate over who is the biggest movie monster of all time, Grandpa Joe or Uncle Frank from Home Alone. <laughs> Which is it's, it's Uncle Joe is subtly it's Grandpa Joe a bastard yeah Gra- what did I say Uncle Joe Uncle Joe yeah Grandpa Joe that's is, both of them yeah. come on yeah combined together they are the that's most, the real that's the real they are the most hateful son of a bitch um yeah I don't I don't care for Muppet Legs at all there's and I can't think of um I mean there's certain scenes where like you see a Muppet like sitting on a ledge that doesn't bother me like Kermit pl- no. sitting on the log playing banjo. That's fine. But this... It's when your mind needs to uh, connect their, the, the legs with them supporting the Muppet. Yeah. Where you're like, I, it, does, it just doesn't seem right. It's almost as if you saw like a potato standing on like toothpicks. Yeah, it's weird. You'd be like, I, that doesn't look like it should be happening. Yeah. Um, 
like for instance the, the the next scene in this movie is the um uh the penguins uh christmas skating party where we have kermit the frog's ice skating and it's very it then the 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 cgi in this movie does not hold up at all um it will it holds up and it doesn't hold up in this part it holds up in other parts i think but the 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 cgi of um, of kermit skating and then i feel like this mm-hmm. kermit dance in this movie not, I, not nothing jumps I to mind. Like, I don't know if it's CGI or if it's just they sent a puppet across some ice with it, like with his legs, like stiff, like stiff legs. Maybe. I, 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 I bet you that there's very little that's not practical in this movie. I feel like that's one of the trademarks of the Henson Company is, is that they try to do practical yeah. as, as much as they can, and that's very easy of just you know sending a muppet across, yeah, with his legs stiff, which we... uh, his skinny. Skinny, yeah, skinny legs. toothpick legs. Um, uh, before we get to the next scene where, with uh, Scrooge coming home, mm-hmm. uh, I, how do you think it came to be that? Because one of the changes from the book, from I get, it's not even really a book; it's like a novella. I think. Sure. I think it was a serialized novella, I believe. Okay. Um, one of the changes they made is there's only one Marley. Yeah, Jacob Marley is the only Marley in the in the in the original. Um, so I'm wondering how they if they decided that they needed Stotler and Waldorf to be the Marleys, so they had to make it two. Yeah. Or if like I wonder what the creative process was there because it was like um, what was um, shit, what was I uh, oh uh, uh, when we did Home Alone and. Uh, I noted that like they must have had the dog door bits worked out, so then they had to reverse engineer uh, yeah. a dog into the movie. I wonder if it was that kind of situation where they someone had the the idea wouldn't it be fun, wouldn't Startler and Wald, Waldorf be the perfect Marley like ghosts? They're like, well, there's only one of them. Like, I guess we'll have to make it yeah. two. Or like, yeah, I just I, I wondered that this time, like when the uh, when I was watching, I was like, I wonder how like it came to be that was a change they made. Yeah. Because there's another, there's other characters that could have been Marley. Yeah, that witch-looking man or woman that's always sitting around could have been a Marley. Oh yeah, that one with the purple hair. Yeah, yeah they could have been Marley. You know who it would have been now? There's a new, newer Muppet, uh, Deadly the Dragon. Is there a new Muppet? It's New Wish. I think it like came around like around the time of the the Seagull Muppets. Um, he's the he's one of the henchmen for uh, Chris Cooper. In that oh, movie. he's him in the bear. He's like a weird gargoyle looking thing. He's a dragon, yeah, but he looks like yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, if this movie was made today, especially because they they like this character now, he's in everything they do. Yeah, now. like he had like a prominent role in that uh, that Muppets TV show that was on ABC for like a season. Yeah. He's a, he's um, also one of the Muppets that have articulating hands. Yeah, he would have been the Marley in this, I think. Um, because they 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 like him nowadays, and they like that Pepe. Was, is that what his I, name is? I was going to ask you where the prawn? where would Pepe play into it? Where would Pepe play into this? I bet you if they were if he might have uh, uh, made them go back to the idea if they did this movie, they go back to the idea of doing Muppets as the ghosts, and he would play one of the ghosts. He would play the past, I think. Because he fits more as a ghost than Miss Piggy does. Yeah, I also like like, and, and he'd be like, "I'm going to take you back to the past." Okay? Yeah, he always says, "Okay." <laughs> um, 
Uh, oh, so I have this note. The the aspect ratio of the houses and buildings in in oh, this London. Yeah, I have a note later. It's weird because like it seems like it's both in line with the fact that there are humans and Muppets, and it just comes off making yeah. making it look weird. I've, I noticed it more in the Ghost of Christmas Present when they go to the Cratchits for the first uh-huh. time because. And I think this is a mistake they made because it makes it like you wouldn't even think about it really based on the angle of the shot. Mm. If there wasn't a human standing next to a building in the background and the building is obviously like a Muppet sized building. Yeah. It's not like a human sized building. But yeah, there, there, there does like it does seem like a, to be strange. I know. I know. Uh, yeah. Everything is leaning in towards. Itself, I noticed, which I yeah. think probably had to do with them trying to trick your eye into gauging the size of buildings. Because, yeah. like, um, like they do that kind of shit in Disney World. Like, uh, things are leaning or, like... Like, even on, on like, the main street of Disney, when you go in, uh, the floors, as the, the floors go up in the buildings that you can't go into, uh, they get progressively smaller, like, ratio-wise, like, smaller. So, as they get higher it tricks your mind into thinking the buildings are taller. Mm. So like if you see a, a second floor that is like a foot or so less than the first floor, your mind doesn't automatically think that's a shorter floor. You think it's higher up and you're seeing it from further away. Interesting. And then, and then the third floor would be progressively even smaller. So you're thinking that's not smaller. It's just further up. So it looks smaller. I noticed it like a lot when like um... – a lot. I noticed a lot when, um, like Scrooge leaves the office, like the the office he he seems to leave the office, and the building he's leaving is like a human sized normal building, but then the buildings mm. in like the immediate background seem small until like, which makes me think that it's like oh this is where the Muppet businesses in town yeah. are. There's like. You know what I mean? And this one just happens to be owned by a human, so they have to make it a little bit yeah. bigger. But all these other businesses are just Muppet businesses. Maybe. But then again, there's also different size Muppets. Yeah, it's true. Like, look at, look at Sweetums. Yeah, Sweetums. Um, Sweetums also uh, originally played by Richard Hunt. Um, he, Sweetums, is, yeah, Sweetums is like a person in a costume, basically. Um, and we have, the, yeah. we have the Ghost of Christmas present in this movie, who's bigger than Michael Caine is. Michael and we have, he's bigger than your cocaine. And we have and we have Big Bird. Big Bird is a very big yeah, bird. He's a big bird. Um uh I, I have I, I specifically have the note uh where Kermit says Merry Christmas to the penguins and the penguins answer back. <laughs> it's weird, like I saw a thing, I was watching um CinemaSins on the movie and um they're talking about it's like you mean to tell me that everything in this world, including the vegetables, speak English, but the penguins still like communicate using this weird quacking language i mean it's the fact that there's any food that doesn't talk is is like there's a lot of disturbing aspects of of this world like the vegetables could talk but the cheeses for the mises don't talk in fact it's funny because you see in the movie you see cabbage that can talk and then two seconds after the cabbage talks you see cabbage that's regular cabbage (laughs) <laughs> it's very strange. What makes what is this? We're gonna have to get into a Toy Story like type what situation. Makes, what gives sentience? Yeah, to <laughs> who knows? To vegetables. Yeah. Is it? 
Does did the 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 farmer write his name on the bottom of That's the? That's what vegetable? it is. He wrote his name on the foot of the vegetable, the sharpie, and gave it sent in. Let me let me get let me well just because it came up. Let me tell you, I had a day where I watched. My wife worked last night, so she was sleeping most of the uh, day. So I had to keep the 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 two little ones entertained. Uh, I watched. Uh, Toy Story, the the land that time forgot or whatever. The, the uh, my my fa- my favorite line in that one is Christmas. <laughs> Continue. I like the the little cat. Angel. Oh yeah. Um, and then we watched Toy Story okay. four. Then we watched Toy Story okay. three. Then we watched Toy Story okay. two. Then we watched Toy Story. Oh, okay, you watched them in reverse order. I memento. You memento Toy, Toy Story. Story. Yeah. Did I ever, so I watched. Did I ever tell you that four Toy Stories and a, and a holiday special? Yeah. Did I ever tell you that that's how I read the Harry Potter books? Backwards? Yeah, because I read this. I read the last book before the last movie came out. Well, the first part of the last movie came out, and because I was like, mm. "Oh, this way I'll complete the story." So I read book seven before Deathly Hollows Part One came out, and then after I read Deathly Ho- after I read the Deathly Hollows, I was like, "All right, well, why don't I just read?" Half Blood Prince, and now I'll read Order of the Phoenix, and I, I read them all in reverse order for some reason. I just recently read uh, uh, Sorcerer's Stone for the first time since maybe the first time that I read it. I feel like that one I read because re- I, I read and then reread all of them except for that one. I think I think that one I never revisited. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a that's not the best. No, it one. was it. I um. I remember the first time I ever tried to read Harry Potter, I got like six pages into the first into Sorcerer's Stone, um, or Philosopher's Stone, depending on where you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> and I read the like the first six pages, and I'm like, "What the fuck am I reading about this woman describing these goddamn cloaks? I don't give a shit." Um, and at that. A lot of cloak talk in the beginning yeah. of that book, yeah. and then by the time I had, like had gone back and read the other six books, I was like, "All right, I have to fucking get through the this first like chapter so I can actually get into this book and to to complete the series." Um, well, my my older daughter is reading them now. She's in the middle of Chamber uh, of Secrets, and I'm going to read that when she's yeah. done with it, which I'm not looking forward to because I think that might be my least favorite of both the books and yeah, movies. I'd probably say that's most people's least favorite. Anyway, back to Muppets. Yes. Um, uh, as Gonzo uh, lets us tells us uh, that the Marleys are were both dead and rotting, um, and you have to remember this, or nothing that follows will seem wondrous. Um, I like the. Do you think they pick straws to get to, to be get like who got to be the door knocker? Yes, I, I believe the two Muppets drew straws. <laughs> Well, it's strange that like that's the thing. Like you make the story now, but it, where there's two Marleys instead of it's one. Funny, Marley, do you actually? But only one Marley can be. Do you know, the door do you know which Marley is the door knocker though? Uh, the Marley Jacob? that actually exists in the books. In the book. Well, I guess that makes sense. So Jacob, yeah, because yeah? Jacob is the good. yeah Jacob is the Jacob is the door knocker. He's the the OG Marley, if you will. <laughs> Jacob is the one who yeah, knocks. He is the one who knocks. Um. Uh, I love the line to, uh, is where the um, Scrooge is trying to reason with his own logic of how he could be seeing these ghosts, and he says, um, "You could be like a di- you're, you're you're could be a, a digestive a- problem." And he says, "There's more gravy than a grave of you." 
I have the gravy, more of the gravy than the yeah. grave line in my notes as well. Um, I love, I love Marley Marley. It's a great song. Um, I love, I, and I never really noticed it until I played Muppet Christmas Carol for my for my six year old, and he wanted me to add a couple of the songs from the movie to the playlist of his that's on my phone. And um, when you listen to Marley and Marley, the last line is "Oh Jesus!" is just the Marley's. Ah, damn! Which one is that? Becky. Becky. That's Zach's wife, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um. I love the that uh, the the song ends with the Marleys just screaming change. And yeah, I always thought it was change. Yeah, they scream. I never noticed it until listening to the song in my car. But they scream change. Um, which are uh, I have in my notes here. This is I, this is where I have my note about big words in the movie because they use the word avarice. Oh yeah, in this yeah in uh, in this. In- uh, to uh, avarice is a big enough word that my wife goes, "What like what's avarice?" I was like, I. Like, I was pretty sure, but I still looked it up. I was like, it's just, it's just another word for, like, extreme greed. Yeah. But, like, even adults don't know the yeah. words. Um, um, so, after Marley and Marley, we get my favorite part of the entire movie. I don't remember, I don't remember what the, what the cause of it, what, what, what causes the scene. I believe it's when um, uh, they're trying to get around back of... Oh, because uh, uh, Scrooge's bedchamber was on the back side yeah, of the so house. Yeah, so they get around the back side of the house, and, like, it turns out that Rizzo can fit underneath the thing. And, like, him, like Gonzo's, like, yelling at him. And then there's just pa- this long pause, and Rizzo just Rizzo <laughs> yeah. just leans forward and kisses Gonzo on the nose. It's my favorite fucking... If you've ever seen... If you've ever seen Muppet bloopers, uh, that my, I, my guess is that that was a blooper. Right. And then they, like, they just, like... Because like some, even even though they're playing puppets, like they'll still riff sometimes. Yeah. Like there's a famous I don't know famous is the right word, but it's widely circulated within you know you know if you if you know the Muppets yeah. and you 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 to seek out this kind of thing where they did a like a Christmas special in the the late seventies early eighties about like an otter, and there's a scene where they're trying to roll a drum like a a snare mm-hmm. drum out of a doorway. And have it land a certain way, and it's not working. So they keep having to retry it. And um, just just in the bloopers, the the puppeteers are are riffing and and like ad libbing after the thing doesn't go right and stuff like that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it turned out that uh, just as like an outtake, the one puppeteer had uh, Gonzo, I mean Rizzo, kissed yeah. Gonzo on the nose. Uh, but I have in my notes, this is where I have in my notes, not even just when the Kermit earlier when he's watching the shooting star, uh, about Muppet lengths. And it's because there's this weird angle they shoot down at Gonzo from. I guess it's it's supposed to be almost a, a POV shot from Rizzo when he's standing on top yeah. of the... But just like, it, it's bad enough when Muppet like, you see Muppet legs, but when you see them at this weird downward yeah. angle, it's somehow even worse. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, so I have the um, the uh, we it, it, we're introduced to the to the ghost of Christmas past. Um, Fucking yeah. creep. Um, the the ghost of Christmas past. I, I read apparently how they achieved the look of the ghost of Christmas past is they it's a it's a puppet that they mm-hmm. operated underwater like in a tank of water and then gr- yeah, and, and then, then like, green it. it onto the thing, which is how the puppet has that 
flowy look to it. Um, very much, but also how it how it appears translucent. Yeah. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, creepy. Cre- I would rather Miss Piggy. Yeah, that that that, that, <laughs> that, 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 that is... it's haunting, um, and it is a ghost, but it's haunting. <laughs> um, just like the wisps of red hair um, coming out, it's weird. I could get down with Scrooge's bed. I kind of want like a canopy with bed like curtains. that. Like, yeah, it's it's like imagine like having like four almost not really blackout curtains. But like, imagine if you had curtains on your windows and then also curtains around your bed. The little bit, of, the the little light that would creep its way into yeah. your bed would be like Blinding. this. Oh, get a good good <laughs> yeah. night's sleep. Um, I'm sure people in Alaska have stuff like that. Because they have they have sunlight through like six months of the year. Exactly. What I remember, they have forty full days of night where vampires Um, attack. So I assume they have where vampires attack. Where where vampires attack Josh Hartnett. They have vampires, Josh Hartnett's, possibly a John Courtney, but definitely a Josh Hartnett. And it's nighttime for forty days, which is perfect. uh, you know, infestation situ- like uh, conditions yeah. for vampires. What with their adver- aversion mm-hmm. to the day. So if you're telling me, uh, you know, what did, did he also do? Forty days, he and did, forty yeah. nights. The movie, the is that what the it was movie, called? Yeah, too? forty days and forty nights, where he gives up sex for Lent, or just, just really, just coming for Lent, because he, I don't, he doesn't jerk off either. He really got. Uh, as, yeah, this guy does 40, for 40 nights in, in, in time frames of yeah. 40 24 hour periods um i actually i was just talking i um at work uh this guy who the this fuck? guy started working with us um who oh it's 30, 30 days, fucking days, 30 god, days damn it. You're right uh god weird. damn it um i saw that movie in the movie theater and i can't I'm, I, I can't for the life of me think of who i would have gone and seen yeah, that movie weird. um but i i, I started Definitely didn't go see. Definitely didn't go. Probably my friend Tim. I didn't go. I definitely didn't go see this movie by myself. Um, I I work with a guy now who lived in Alaska for ten years, and he said um, because of the whole like weird fucked up sunlight thing, he developed insomnia. Um, He said the longest he's he's ever like stayed awake is basically like he said he was basically awake for like two weeks one time. That's not healthy. Um. Uh. But yeah, there's the the uh, the 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 curtains. I'm sure would help the the Alaskans. Um, the the ghost of Christmas past has the same power, which was the point yeah. of that star- starting point of that. The, the, like how I brought it back. <laughs> the ghost of Christmas past has the same powers of transferring her flight powers to Scrooge as the elves do to Charlie in uh, Santa Claus. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, hey, check that out. Now let me ask you this. So now let's let's get back into it. Because we now we've discussed how Gonzo and Rizzo are in a way invisible to Mm -hmm. the story, but still have to deal with the physicality of the environment, including needing to throw a grappling hook onto Scrooge and the ghost. Where does this grappling hook connect? Because when they show the like the the wide shot with the rope dangling down, it doesn't. Not look like it's coming from Scrooge's <laughs> dick. I say, I guess it, they just hook Scrooge's Scrooge's uh, his, his yeah, belt they, on they his, hook his, his sash. Yeah, 
Um, but then we go back into back in time, and it's made clear to Scrooge that he cannot be seen or heard by these the are just ghost yeah, memories, memories of his past. He can't yeah. interact with them. Uh, so Gonzo and Rizzo land. And immediately start interacting yeah, with the start, ghost of the past. starts getting chased by a cat. Who he, for some reason, needs to tell that he's from yeah. New Jersey. <laughs> well, you know, because I think he's um, implying to the cat that he has mob ties, like the dad from Home Alone. And I, I, like, I, watched, I was like, does he, does he, is he like just shooting a shot, hoping that the cat goes, oh, my God, yeah. he's from New Jersey. <laughs> just the cat's like, I'm from Home Alone. So now... Jesus. Gonzo and Rizzo are in the past. They can't. They are invisible to the people from mm. the present, but now also, I, I guess it, it it enters into a like a double negative zone because they seem to have more interaction with the ghosts of the past than they do with any of the characters from the present. Like for instance, they 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 correct. Sam I actually had that as a note. Where he's like, it is the American way. And then Gonzo leans in and goes, and like whispers to him, and he goes, it is the British way. And then Gonzo just goes, good, good. <laughs> but then he also looks around as if he's like, he goes, wait, yeah. what was that? <laughs> I, I just love Gonzo's, uh, it's very much like the, is Dylan McDermott nice in real life? Yeah. Good. 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 <laughs> um, uh, oh, not only that, like they, they interact with the, um, with the surroundings because they make the shelf fall. But but I'm okay. I'm I'm more okay with that because it's been established that they need to interact with yeah. the surroundings. But they interact with the surroundings because but, like, of like you you mentioned that that um, Sam the Eagle kind of looks around like who what the hell was that? But he he looks around when the shelf falls as if it just fell by itself too. So maybe they're not. Um, maybe they're not, they are interacting. Um, maybe they're, are they, maybe they're interacting well? with the past in the same way that, uh, Bran is the reason that Hodor says Hodor. Mm. You know what I mean? I didn't know we were going to get into some, some deep yeah, time travel. weird time travel shit too. <laughs> Wait, so maybe, maybe the, there's a ghost of Christmas past, a ghost of Christmas present, a ghost of Christmas yet to come. But there's also a ghost of Christmas Carol, uh, and that's Dickens and Rizzo. I thought you, for some reason I thought you were going to say maybe there's a maybe there's a ghost of Days of Futures Past. <laughs> I was like, why are you going X Men with it? Um, uh, oh, it wasn't until uh, Muppet Christmas Carol I understood the uh, design of lampposts. In what, in you what know how they always have the bars that are perpendicular to the upright? Oh, yeah, well, you I, I never realized that what they're there for is so that you could lean a ladder against them and climb up the pole mm-hmm. and light the lamp pole. Lamp, light, light the lamp. Right. Not the right. Not the exactly. right. Um, um, so, uh, I... Uh, did I was it off the air or on the air? Yeah, I was on the air. We were talking about Fuzzy Wig and Fuzzy Wig and what it what yeah. it used to make. I, I'm I'll, I'll look that up later. Um, oh, I thought you so knew. They go into oh no, I was that's I was wondering. I, I, I didn't, oh, I didn't I thought look. you knew already. 
No, we thought I was. Just yeah, they're like, oh, we'll wait till we get there. <laughs> um, but can I pause you for a second? Um, um, up until recently, uh, Sam Adams uh, uh, came out every year with their Christmas, uh, with their winter uh, variety pack. And one of my favorite beers is in that winter pack, and they don't have it anymore. It's the old Fezziwig ale. Mm. Um, but it's not in the winter. I bought a winter pack, and it's not in the winter pack in- anymore, and it kind of bums me out. Because it, it was like one of my favorite beers. I'm trying, well, on Miss, Mr. Fezziwig's Wikipedia page, and he's... Uh, it doesn't really... Really doesn't. Oh, he's a money lender. He's, he's also a money, money lender. lender. Yes, which makes sense. That Scrooge, because oh, Scrooge, Scrooge in this movie he, doesn't he, grow he, does up an, to... he has an internship with him. Yeah, it's not like he grows up and sells rubber chickens oh. himself. So it would make sense that, Fe... but in, as in the movie, uh, Fezziwig is in the book as a contrast to Scrooge's eventual, yeah, greed and. Uh, at, um, at... I have a note. I was say at the okay. at the Fozzywig party, we see a young Statler and Waldorf. Don't like that, not one bit. Um, I have a because because Scrooge goes, oh, there's the the Marley brothers. As they were as lads, I was like, as lads, those puppets are still like yeah, 40 those puppets are middle aged. <laughs> um, it's I just, I just don't like um, the way they look. Uh, I have a note. Uh, he, when Fozzywig introduces Bell and uh, Scrooge, he goes, "Ah, Bell, this is Ebenezer Scrooge, and Scrooge, this is Bell." And I just have, "This is Bell, last name unimportant." <laughs> this is Bell. She's like Cher or Bono. <laughs> um, I have a note. This is where I had my note about. Um, oh God, this is where I had my note about the Swedish Chef having human hands, and it bugs me out. <laughs> Which yeah. I don't like it. I don't like so, it. So check this out. I have, a, I have a note that I'm going to read it as as my. Um, uh, as my thought process happened, so I've, I'm I'm watching it on Disney Plus, and I'm, I'm it gets to the part where um, Scrooge is talking to Bell about how like investments haven't um, blossomed the way they hoped they would, right. and I was like, oh shit! And then like you start to hear the music swell, and I'm like, Disney Plus has Love Is Gone, and then I just wrote, that, yeah, <laughs> I wrote it, it that, tricks that, you. Disregard. <laughs> but then I wrote, and then after reading. <laughs> Uh, the IMDb trivia where it says that it's part of the extras on Disney Plus. I wrote dot. I went back to that note. Wrote dot 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 re regard in the extra section. It is in the extra section of Disney Plus. It's just such an awkward cut because they they talk and like yeah you kind of get the gist of the idea that the relationship mm-hmm. is ending, but there's no like excuse me concrete. Or like explicit, like sad thing that happens, and then it cuts to Rizzo bawling yeah. his eyes out. Um, realistically, um, the Ghost of Christmas Past could have just. Oh god, which one is that? It's all, it's all of them, dude. It's Becky. It's Becky. It's, it's Amelia. Amelia. It's Ben. Um, in in all, in all fairness, the Ghost of Christmas Past could have saved yourself some time and just jumped directly to when love is gone. Yeah, he didn't need to. I mean, I guess as, you mean as opposed to showing mm-hmm. their meeting. Mm-hmm. I guess it's. I, too... I think showing the meeting would have helped, but like he didn't need to see him in school like being lonely. He knew that he was fucking lonely as a kid. 
but like he could have again i think it's supposed to build it as a as a he's been lonely his yeah. whole life this is his one chance at, at not being lonely up. And he, and so I don't know it. if you've ever seen Mickey's Christmas Carol, where it's a Christmas Carol, but with all of the um, all of the the Disney characters, um, where Donald plays Ebenezer Scrooge, um, and Daisy plays the Bell character. Is Goofy Marley yes, in is. that? Because I can picture Goofy yeah. wrapped up. Yeah, in, like, Goofy. Gods. Goofy is Marley in that. Um, but it's funny because in the Mickey's Christmas Carol, there's a scene that like. Where like the Bell character breaks up with Ebenezer Scrooge is because Ebenezer Scrooge is like, "Hey, you're late on your mortgage." Like, <laughs> like he's so cold-hearted that he's even like, he's even telling his 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 prospective wife that she that like, "Hey, you didn't pay rent this month, bitch." Like, <laughs> so it always made me laugh in the, in the Mickey's Christmas Carol that that whole thing. Like that's where the love is. That's where when love is gone is when you, you fucking ask your wife for the rent. Um, <laughs> uh, I can't say that I have ever seen the the, the Mickey's Disney Christmas Plus. Carol. Why? I uh, I've watched um, Mickey's once and twice. My kids upon are big fans of that. My kid, they're more of a, they're bigger fans of Twice Upon a Christmas, but we watch both of them. That's strange because. Uh, my wife has that same opinion, and I like I haven't like up until like, I still don't think I've paid enough attention to it to no. form an opinion. But yeah, my wife's like, oh, put put on the second one. The I first like the one, one um, the the Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, um, has a uh, retelling of the Gift of the Magi, which is entertaining. Um, but that's really the only good one. I feel like uh, the Gift of the Magi might be the second most overplayed Christmas Probably. story. First being a Christmas course, Carol, yeah. This one, I said it to yeah. my wife the one time. I was like, "Oh, it's a Gift of the Magi," and she looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, "You never read Gift of the Magi?" And she's like, "No." I'm like, "It's that. It's a it's a guy and a girl who are in love, and they they have a, a cherished object, and they sell the cherished object to buy a gift for the other person, but the there's other even, person bought them." There's even a Rugrats yeah. episode. I was like, yeah, like they magi. sell the cherished object to buy each other a gift, but the gift they buy each other is for the, the each other's respective uh, cherished object. Um, in the, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, in the original, it's a the guy has a no the guy Comb? the guy has a pocket watch, and the girl is her cherished object is her hair because she's vain because she's vain as shit. Right, so like it's he key... sells his watch. Would yeah, she buy he a sells chain? his watch to buy her like a, a bedazzled comb. And she cuts her hair and sells it to like a wig maker to buy him a chain for his pocket watch. There, I mean, between the Gift of the Magi and like Les Miserables, there it seems very much so that there used to be a, a huge market Alicia, there for still hair. Is, I think. I feel like nowadays people you donate, more yeah, like you donate wealth. your hair to share. But like back then, like people are like, I need to survive. I have syphilis. Uh, yeah. well, give me your hair. I need. I need to. Ten, I need to survive. Friends. I had a dream my life would be so different from this hell I'm living. So different from this hell I'm um, living. We're gonna do a musical episode one day where we just we just uh just, just, yeah. I guess um, in song. And, if I'm not mistaken, in to go even more into into in <laughs> one one song will just be yeah. called um and it'll just be harmonizing harmony. Um, 
in in the I don't know if it's like this in the in the original Broadway production of it, but in the movie Sweeney Todd with uh, Johnny Depp, um, Sweeney Todd's daughter is like brought to like an insane asylum, and there's a guy who comes to the insane asylum to cut the girl's hair to use for wigs. So like old timey wigs are are a hot commodity. Can you still hear me? Oh, oh yeah, because I, I yeah I can hear. You. I'm, I'm no, no, I, I hit myself. my uh, my headphone cord. And I just want to make sure I didn't fuck up my headphones. I I just uh, moved my location of recording from the back bedroom to the living room because my wife was taking the baby to bed, and I opened my computer back up, and I still have the Wikipedia article for uh-huh. Mister Fezziwig open and in the on the right in like the you know that section where it gives like uh like it's a first appearance yeah. created by um it says first appearance a christmas carol 1843 created by charles dickens portrayed by forster harvey roddy hughes dick elliott brian herbert lawrence nasmith timothy ba- bateson it's awesome. Fozzie Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, he's Fuzzy Bears listed as, among the betrayers of uh, the character, yeah, which he is, I guess. But also, he's not because he's a puppet. <laughs> um, so we're introduced to my the 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 character that before but before we move on when Love oh, yeah, Stanger absolutely. should have been um, continue. We're introduced to the character that brings upon the biggest problem I have. Oh no! Hold on. One more. I'm sorry. One more thing about like because it happens right after the song. So to go back into the past, you need to fly. Oh, into but the to light. go back to the present, you just have to fade from a sitting on a a, a bridge. Yeah, yeah, you just gotta sit down. Um. So yeah. we're introduced to the ghost of Christmas Present, uh, who I've listed as I, my note for his arrival is this, this baller. baller. Um. The Ghost of Christmas Present is is the biggest problem I have with this with this story, really. Okay, let's see if it's the same. He's issue not the I Ghost of Christmas Present. He's the Ghost. He's the Ghost. Of he's the of Ghost Christmas of Twelve future. Hours into the Future. Because he takes him into the future. Yeah. yeah, that's what I have. I said my note is not to be that guy, but he brings him into Christmas Day the next morning, making tech technically also the Ghost of yeah, Christmas. Yeah, he's the Ghost the of Christmas Twelve Hours from now. Um. But of course, we get the the. This is where we get the famous line: um, "Come in and know me better, man." Um, yeah. And also, like the 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 uh, beloved line on my uh, part, at least. Uh, are I say, you, I, that's, that's my next note: is your little absent-minded spirit. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. a large. Uh, it's, it's, I I um I I I love I love the the ghost of Christmas present. He's not only like not only does he bring up then he was is he my biggest problem with the with the story but he's also my favorite like he's my favorite character in the movie probably i think um i think feels like christmas yeah. is my favorite song um i think i told you I, and um i actually i went back and looked at my instagram um throughout the years and like every single christmas for the past seven years seven eight years or so I've posted a picture of me watching the Christmas Carol, a Muppet Christmas Carol, and I've posted a screenshot of that song with just the with just the line "Wherever you find love, it feels like Christmas." It's actually a, a hashtag um, "Wherever you find love, it feels like Christmas." And um, I noticed in my older posts, I wouldn't make that the hashtag. I would just wrote 
write wherever you find love at Feels Like Christmas, then like hashtag Muppet Christmas Carol. But in more mm. recent years, I've written hashtag wherever you find love at Feels Like Christmas. So there's like three or four of my pictures. Um, there's like three or four of my pictures in that, uh, if you search that hashtag. Um, but yeah, I, what is. What is it? First off, that means uh, it, all your your basically your point is that you are completely unoriginal from year to year. Um, yeah. like, like I said, like I, I said at the beginning uh, of the podcast, this is the one <laughs> Christmas movie that I make I make a special note to watch every year. If it wasn't for the fact that we were recording it, I probably would have watched it on Thanksgiving yeah. night. I usually do like I watch it then and then another time yeah. during. Um, the season, but uh, having uh, the timing of it, I, I was I saved it for great. What does it mean if your son comes and like puts his head on your your chest and you take a big whiff in and he smells like a sour cream and onion? You, you gave him chips earlier in the podcast. Not sour oh, cream no, and no, onion that's, chips. That you got problems. <laughs> uh, you know, because here the, now I'm wondering if it's a strange like chemistry thing. The first bag. Was sour, uh, not was sour cream, was uh, mm-hmm. salt and vinegar. Um, he then I don't know what he did with that bag. That bag is going to the either. We're gonna find that bag yeah. where we move out. Um, but then he brought me another bag of jalapeno, which no <laughs> flavor. So, it, it, in some strange chemistry, if you combine salt and vinegar and jalapeno, do you get sour Maybe. cream and onion? Um, let me ask you a question What kind of chip are you eating? Does he, do you have just a bunch of kettle cooked chips? Here's the thing. Uh, we keep getting, and disclaimer, I have called Amazon about this. Uh, I'm not just stealing things. I have, I've, I've gone through the proper channels. Uh, the family that lived here before has not changed They're all they- of their like Amazon like automatic grocery uh-huh. deliveries. So we have gotten in the, what's this, December? In the four months that we've lived here, we have gotten four 30-pack cases of uh, variety kettle cooked. I chips. love kettle cooked. Do you get the dark russet? Mm, no. I fucking uh, love, get, uh, love the dark jalapeno. russet. Here's a strange thing. Uh, of the 30, I think it's like... It might not even be 30. I mean, it might be like 35. It might be ten of one, ten of the other. Like so, there, it's salt and pepper crinkle cut kettle. Cut Wait, stop, chips, stop, which stop. is crinkle cut. So you're talking about a, a, a kettle cook ruffle chip? It's almost they like a those? Uh, yeah, it's, it's like a ruffle. That's what this company is does. It? Is it hers? Uh, I no, I, no, 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 no. It's like some Off-brand. like you know, like specialty. That's like rad, dude. A fucking kid. I'd have to I'd have I'd have to go and look at the box to tell you the brand. Um, salt and pepper like a crinkle cut. Uh, salt and vinegar. Barbecue, which has turned me around on barbecue. I don't generally oh, I like barbecue. barbecue. Mm. I generally don't, but I like these. Um, and then jalapeno, and it's like let, let's say there's forty bags okay. in a case. For some reason, it's ten salt and pepper. 10 salt and vinegar, 10 barbecue, and then 20 jalapeno. Like, like the, the, the vast majority of, like, not majority, but the ratio 
is very heavily skewed towards I, um, jalapeno. My for wife, some my wife, whenever she goes food shopping, buys like the Lay's variety packs of the like the little single serving bags of chips. And I'm always very upset mm-hmm. about the ratio of like how many come in, like how many of each kind come, because I love Fritos. I fucking love Fritos, but there's only ever like two bags of Fritos in the thing, and the it's like. What do you think of what's that? What's that one variety of Fritos? The honey the, barbecue, um, like the honey barbecue twists. No, oh, oh, chili cheese. Yeah, because we I've bought a couple bags of like variety packs of like that stuff, and yeah, it's like Fritos and like the chili yeah. cheese Fritos. My, they're, she they're buys, right. they're my wife buys one variety that has like Doritos in it, and it's always like I like I like regular Doritos. I'm not a huge fan of the Cool Ranch, but I'll eat them if it's my only option. Mm. Um, I'm the opposite. Um, I, yeah, I prefer the regular over the, the Cool Ranch, but there's always more Cool Ranch to regular, and it bums me out. Why don't they make more story, Christmas stories that take place in the Southern Hemisphere? I'm just completely shifting topics, but I'm getting us back to the movie. Because I don't know what about this. Because uh, this is, I, I wrote this note during the uh, feels like Christmas song. Um, yeah, so you just like you just instantly I, I, stopped I like, caring about Chip Talk with Zach and Adam, and just instantly went right back yeah. to the movie. Um, yeah, well, we're, we're almost at like we're yeah, past we're at, an hour and a half, and we have we're we're still at the beginning of the yeah. Christmas present. Um, gotta get us back on track. Um, it must be weird to live in Australia. And not be able to connect to literally any of the Christmas think, movies. Do you think there's? Do you think like there's movies that are made in Australia that are Christmas movies that take place in Australia, but we just don't. Yeah, get, there's just at don't the very them? least. There's at the very least television shows from Australia because I was re- recently watching Bluey. Oh yes, Bluey. Uh. I I wasn't watching the kids. My, my son was watching. I enjoyed. Was I on. enjoyed the theme, and like the the intro to of Bluey with 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 everybody oh, I, I dancing every time. I I'd I just like I just love the dance moves the mom is doing, and like while the mom is dancing, like doing her little like mom like like shuffle, the dad is to the left just doing like hardcore like eighties like break dance move. Like he's rocking the sprinkler and shit. Like the dad's going for it. But continue, Bluey. That show is an interesting Bluey is an interesting show because I feel like I've talked about Bluey on the show because of the one episode. Uh, I, forgive me if I haven't. There's an episode where uh, they play premature baby. Yeah. No. I haven't talked about this before. They are playing okay. baby doctor at the school. And then like they're like rubber banding baby dolls to their stomach. And then they come in and go, oh, here's your baby. Oh, go ahead. Gotta watch this and then episode. One, one girl comes in, like they're they're in school or whatever. They're just playing yeah. at, like daycare or whatever. And the girl goes, "Can we pretend like my baby's early?" Like uh, she says, like her mom, like her sister, or something like that. And it turns out, like if you do research in the episode, one of the writers um, had a premature oh, okay. baby and wanted to write it into the show. As a way to teach kids about sometimes babies come early and they need to stay in the hospital. It, it makes sense. I mean, like it, it's 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 a good yeah. way, it's it's a good way to but explain to kids when, like when, a very serious situation. 
when you're not if, expecting it, it is one of the most bizarre episodes. Of because then, for, can I can I pause, can I pause you for a minute, baby? For those who for those of us yeah. who don't ha- who are listening who don't have children, oh yeah, Blue, <laughs> Blue is a Bluey. show is an animated Disney show starring a family of. It's on Disney. It's it's from yeah, Australia, it's, it's, but it's it's aired on in Disney. America. So on, it's on, on Disney, Disney Plus. Networks. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a family of Australian cattle dogs. It so keep in mind that all of this is happening with small animated dogs portraying it. But they're they're personified. Yeah, no, yeah, no, like, it's not like it's not like it's a not dog walker. It's a, they walk on their back legs. They, you know. Yeah, like they inhabit a world where dogs are the yeah. species, the dominant. Think species. Planet of the Apes, Anyways, but but, um, but Australian cattle dogs. The dogs. Um, but it also skews. If you watch an episode of Bluey, there are it. It, it is a very strange mix of through the eyes of a child but also through mm-hmm. the eyes of an adult like certain things that like jokes they make or observations that characters make are very like take you back sometimes but anyway so the girl goes can we pretend like my baby's early and they're, they're like oh your baby's early time to go and goes no the baby has to stay in the hospital uh do you have something like it has to stay in like uh like a a, a, a box like a clear box they have a fish tank filled with like balls or something there they empty out the fish tank. They put the baby doll in the fish tank. Awesome. And then, so, so the, 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 the kids that are playing the doctor and the nurse are taking cues as to what happens next in from the, the scenario, little girl. From the little girl who's playing the mother mm-hmm. of this baby. And they go, what happens next? And the little girl goes, oh, I need to, you need to tell me that I, it's time for me to leave. And then I have to Say I can't, I can't leave my. Baby. Oh shit! I need to watch, dude. Tomorrow I'm watching this episode. This sounds fucking amazing. I'll send, I'll send you, I'll, I'll send you the, the episode title so you can find it That's easy. Fucking on, amazing. On and they're like, and then like she's like, I have to say I can't go. I can't leave my baby. And then you have to assure me that we're gonna take, you're gonna take good care of my baby, dude. Dude, Bluey gets also, real. It's also bizarre because it's also. This is all going on while also they're trying to figure out why two kids got into a fight. And it turns out um, some other kid was playing like castle and mm. knights and whatever and like came into their game accidentally and did something to the baby oh, in the fish Christ. tank. Not knowing what was going on. It's, it's bizarre. But anyway, there, I was watching the other day and there's an episode. It's, it was, a, it was a, a, a Christmas episode, but they were indoors. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really think much about like the setting of it they were like they were talking about santa and all that stuff and then the next scene they were at a pool party with all the family like the grandmother and all that and they were facetiming with or or zooming or whatever it was on the computer with um an uncle who couldn't be there and i was like weird like why was the uncle zooming into the 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 pool party because i had disconnected the two stories i didn't realize Excuse me. That this was their Christmas oh. get together. Like I, I, I had separated the the, the Christmas story Shit. that was indoors with now they were just Shit, on to a you, pool party scene. No, they're pool party a fucking, scene. Well, they live in Australia. December, fucking pool party Christmas, December. dude. That's right. Yeah, and I, it just it made me like watching this. I thought as well. I was like, it's weird that like all these like. Oh, it's Christmas. It's snowy, and everyone's bundled up and by the fire. Like the the uh, like Southern Hemisphere can't identify with that at all. 
guys. Um, so we had to take a quick break because um, Ben ran away from Zach and was disturbing uh, his Wait. wife and the baby going to sleep. By the way, before, um, wa- before, before you get into what you're going, I, I went in to check on uh, Ben and my wife says, uh, he's been out there all this time. I don't know what he's been doing. I was like, what are you talking about? I was out there with the. She thought I was still in the room right next to her, whispering, uh. I guess. With our son just running wild in the living room. I was like, he's been with me this whole time. That's pretty Continue. Um, so while Zach uh, took a quick break, I decided to quickly YouTube the the scene of Bluey that we were just talking about. Um, and so if everybody Googles, if everybody goes on YouTube and just types in Bluey, B-L-U-E-Y, pregnancy, it's like the first clip that comes up. And it's fucking amazing (laughs) it's even better out of context like just watching like the two minute clip because like they they go through this whole bit about the baby and like how you have to wash your hands to handle a premature baby and then they go and like they do the whole dramatic like i don't want to leave my baby and blue is like oh child we'll take care of your baby don't worry (laughs) blue is bizarre man and then out of nowhere a dog wearing a dragon costume runs by and just goes raw. <laughs> yeah, that has to do with the the knight. And then the knight comes and it's in. So, and it's so great because the knight comes in. Just go watch the clip. Here's the problem: the, the episode. If the episode opened up with the premise of the baby thing, that'd be one thing. It opens up at like a conflict resolution the teacher is doing between the the kids playing doctor and the kids playing knights. Uh, with no context as to what the conflict is. And then it immediately then goes into, oh, premature babies. <laughs> Early but it's babies, great. they call it. So, so as Zach was saying, like, there's a kid who's playing knights and dragons who, and the, the knight, the dog, the dog child playing knight comes in and, like, picks up the baby. And they all, like, the ones who are playing doctor scream. And then it immediately cuts to a teacher conference between the two groups of children. And the dog who's playing knights is just like, oh, I get it. I'm like, this is fucking it's, quality it's television. Crazy. Go, everybody, YouTube, Bluey Pregnancy, and you will not be upset. It's amazing. Let's get back to Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, uh, I just have a note. Uh, I have a note referring to the Ghost of Christmas present. Um uh, that he's actually the ghost of ever so slightly further in the future, but not as far as the next one is. Wait, I'm um, sorry. I, oh, I'm sorry. I can, my mind stopped listening and working. <laughs> Repeat your note. The the I have a note about the ghost of Christmas present that just says the ghost of Christmas present is actually the ghost of ever so slightly further in the future, but not as far as the next ghost. Solid name. It's a little wordy. Yeah, it's a little wordy. It's a mouthful. Um, so we have wherever you find love, it feels like Christmas. Um, he, he takes them to immediately the one song turns Scrooge around. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, Oh, I didn't realize it's about Christmas. I didn't know there was a song involved. Yeah. Um, Show me more. So we have, yeah, we have the, um, we have the dinner at, at a Fred's house where they're playing the, they're basically playing 20 questions. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, Fred's, Fred's, uh, thing that he's thinking of is an, uh, an animal that's found in the city. That's not a rat or a cockroach or a leech that is undesirable. So it must be Ebenezer Scrooge. The thing <laughs> that makes me laugh just goes, 
<laughs> Delightful. Yeah. The thing that makes me laugh, Fred invited Scrooge to this dinner. Can you imagine how awkward the game would have been if he showed up? Like, what would they have joked about? What, like, right right then? Or just if he had come at the beginning? And then, like, well, they wouldn't have... They would have no, they wouldn't, the they, they wouldn't have made that joke. But, like, I just... I also love... Like, do they play games at Christmas? And Oh, I love and, a game! And, and the game... Yeah, the ga- the Ghost of Christmas pre- of Present doesn't, like, answer the question. He goes, oh, I love a game. <laughs> they don't play um, that at Christmas, though. No. I do love a game, though. No. It, it, it reminded me, like, um... Like I've never I've never played games like this at Christmas, um, but it also reminded me of a uh, what um, what fucking like Christmas song is it like? There will be scary ghost stories and tales of the oh um, of Christmas long ago. Um, hold on, I just I have... whatever whatever Christmas song it is. Who the fuck tells ghost stories at Christmas? But when you think about it, the movie that we're covering is a ghost. Is a yeah, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, it's a fucking ghost story. Ghost story that they're referring to. Is it? I would guess Uh, because it's the only ghost story that makes sense. But I I heard it the other day, and I'm like, every it my 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 six year old has taken to. um, We have we have our Alexa in the kitchen. So my my six year old has taken to every single every single dinner. At some point, he goes, "Alexa, play Christmas music," and this was on. And I was like, "Who the fuck tells ghost stories at Christmas?" But then I thought, like, "Fuck, this is a ghost story you tell at Christmas." I'm going to that's, link that's, that song makes sense. I'm going to link a article um, to the Twitter when I post about the episode, so everyone can, uh, so John Hannigan can look at this link. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's an article that uh, literally is called "Why the heck does that Christmas song talk about telling ghost stories?" <laughs> so I'll post that on the Twitter, and then uh, we can all learn. That's pretty rad. I'm not gonna read it right um, now because I'm doing a show, obviously. But yeah, so we um, after um, after Fred after Fred's uh, sick house, burn. Yeah, after Fred's sick burn, um, we go to the Cratchit house, um, which. Brings up another major issue. Not that not only that I have with Muppets, but I have it with all children's um, children's movies where they're interspecies relations. Yeah, where the one sex is the like. Why is it that Miss Piggy and Kermit's kids are half pigs? Half of the, two of them are pigs. They have four kids total. The girls are two pigs are, and the boys are, yeah, are frogs. Yeah, two of them are pigs and two of them are frogs. Why is it? Why is it that it's why is it that they, they, they give birth to full pigs and full frogs and not just, like, complete abominations of nature? Well, that's why, because it would just be a, a goddamn horror show. But, like, the one movie, I will say, that does this, that, 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 that I think tackles this and kind of pokes fun at it, is Shrek. Oh, with the dragon? In Shrek, Donkey and the dragon have babies, and they're weird, fucked up, like donkeys with wings that breathe fire like it they it's legitimately like interspecies babies not like have like the girl, babies the, like and early babies too i'm sure uh, <laughs> early um, babies. babies um but yeah so the it, it always bugs me that that's how that's how kermit and miss piggy's kids are depicted as the girls are pigs and the boys are frogs mm. 
because realistically they would just be like fucked up amphibious green pigs like <laughs> um i have a note about how fucked up it is they already um are only able to afford a meager feast and now their goose is is ruined by ash and rat feet just yeah all <laughs> it's all fucked up um so we're we're introduced to tiny tim and I, I, it's it's. I've always I've always wondered much like what I want, much like how I wondered what Jenny and Forrest Gump died from. It's AIDS. Um, what what is it that Tiny Tim has? I have a note that this is, just says general sickness. But I've actually done it, some research prior to this. This like not even like related to this podcast. I've done some research and I don't remember finding out exactly what he had. I but the I have bigger a question. The bigger question isn't what he has; it's why um, once Scrooge turns nice, it he's not going to die. I'll, I'll tell you why. But I have I, I, I this is the research that I was like, why does it's because whatever he has, like the generally the the idea is whatever he has is brought on by lack of nutritional uh, a, a good nutrition and poor living conditions. Mm-hmm. It's exacerbated, at least. Yeah. So, so when, yeah, you know, you go ahead. You finish your finish your. Oh, thought. so when, um, Scrooge, basically, uh, helps their financial situation greatly by paying mm-hmm. their mortgage, raising a salary. They're able to afford better food. They're able to afford better better medical care. They're able to afford better housing situation, which then improves his condition to the point where he doesn't die yeah so i read a note on imdb on uh, during in the uh in the trivia section where apparently a uh i forget if they were a pediatric physician or if they're just a physician in general but a, a a doctor nonetheless um commented on the fact that what they think tiny tim has is a combination of rickets mm. and tuberculosis <laughs> which both would be greatly improved through the new the because rickets I, which I just found out rickets is caused by a vitamin D deficiency, mm-hmm. which Again, would be going which, back to his his, his yeah, diet, which would be helped by the, the by better diet and tuberculosis would also mean like you can't they like this was we're talking i don't know what i don't know what century this is supposed to be taking place in uh 1800s 1800s so like they couldn't cure tuberculosis but it's it's definitely more manageable if you know with the with the proper money that you would be able with the proper money and medical care um which would also lead it rickets is rickets is um weakening of the bones and joints which would mean which would explain why he has a cane and the tuberculosis is a lung condition, which would explain why he's coughing. Mm-hmm. So um, those two things, I've heard polio, but you know they they didn't they couldn't cure polio back then. Yeah, you're you not going to money away polio in 1843. Yeah, you, you 1843 you, is when the novella came out, by the way. Yeah, you you couldn't to be po- exact. You, you couldn't money away tuberculosis, but you could definitely treat tuberculosis with um with with the proper um, money and care. Um, but yeah, so that's the that's this doctor. A doctor said like that. Make the, the, these are the two. Com- this is the combination of ailments that makes sense of why he would be so terribly afflicted by them living in such shitty conditions, 
and why once he um, once the family comes into more money, his condition would um, would become better. Um, so I'm I'm wholeheartedly subscribing to the fact that Tiny Tim has rickets and TB. Okay. Which, if anybody knows anything about TB, the rest of the family probably has it too because yeah. it's very um, it's very communicable. Um, uh, I don't have any more notes about the the, the Ghost of Christmas Present. Um, oh, I just have a note that um, when Rizzo. Uh, falls onto the goose and then he he's in the house with Rizzo uh, with uh, Gonzo and there's the whole thing with Rizzo's like feet or like are like like smoking if you pay close enough attention you can see the the hole in Rizzo's foot that they're piping the smoke through mm. I was like hey look at that and I also have a note that Tiny Tim's song is probably my least favorite of yeah. of the songs in the movie um so we at this point you start to notice that the ghost of Christmas present um, is starting to go gray in the beard, um, which is weird because the ghost of Christmas past doesn't age. Excuse me, but the ghost of Christmas present well, does age. Because the age. past is always just in the past. That's true, I guess. The present is always fleeting. That's true. I oh damn, damn, you got real philosophical with it. Yeah. It's like that that Spy Kids movie where Steve Buscemi asks, "Does God stay in heaven because he too is afraid of what he created?" Uh, <laughs> which is that's a li- exactly it. That's that's yeah. exactly it's, where they got the idea. It's a line that Steve Buscemi says in a fucking Spy Kids movie. Uh, uh, um, I've never seen Spy Kids. Um, he says that line. Spy Kids Two. He says that line. It's the fucking sequel to Spy it. Kids Two. Fuck. Um, so so we're introduced to the the ghosts of Christmas yet to come. Um, in it's it's weird to me that Scrooge has spent the entire night. Um, talking to ghosts that are, you know, showing him his past and his present. But he just assumes that maybe the ghosts of Christmas yet to come are like when they're talking about like a guy that has died, that is like a guy dying is bringing so much glee to yeah, the neighborhood. Yeah, he plays real dumb. He's just like, oh, they're talking about somebody else. Is he playing dumb or is he playing like optimistic? Like, oh, they, hopefully they're not talking about me. I don't know, but he, he, if I, I've thought about it while watching, it. I was like, if I were Scrooge, I would understand completely. Like he even says at one point, like I, I get it, Spirit. You're showing me what could become of my like, like, like if I don't change my ways, I'll, I'll, I'll befall the same, yeah, fate as this poor gentleman. But come on, Scrooge. And like, I, I mean, even when they go in to see the grave soon, I know he at that point he probably knows what he's going to say. He just doesn't want to believe it. Yeah. But still, like, the playing dumb. I just have a problem. Like, not even a problem. Like, I understand tonally why you have to. But it still, still seems strange to me that uh, Gonzo and Rizzo kind of just take a take a walk for this. Oh, yeah. They're like, it's too like, dark for us. We're gonna, we'll see you back at the finale. Yeah, I understand, again, tonally. You can't have these goofballs running around <laughs> when death is showing. Yeah. Uh, but still, it just seems strange. It makes it, it calls into question why do it at all, at all. It it it's it's the point that we made earlier in the podcast where we we're talking about how Gonzo was supposed to be the ghost of Christmas yet to come. You wouldn't be able to take the 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 tra- Scrooge's transformation seriously if the whole time it's fucking death with Gonzo's nose sticking out of his fucking cloak. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a note that the the actor who plays Fred. 
looks a lot like Neil Patrick Harris. A little bit, yeah. He was in something. I just I had looked him up the other day. Uh, give me a moment. He was in he was in at least one of the Underworld movies with Kate Beckinsale. That's not where uh, I, I, I'm not a I'm not an Underworlder. Yeah, I don't care for them either. First off, when you type in Muppet into IMDb, the first thing that comes up is Christmas Carol. Yeah, um, I'll tell you what um, I am. I tell you what I do. I am a supporter of Kate Beckinsale in that outfit. Am I right? No. No. No comment. No, because she's a dirty vampire. She's a he death dealer. In... Oh, he was in Rocket Man. I think that's what I. I don't remember him in Rocket Man, but he was in Rocket Man. The... Like, like the the Harlan Williams Rocket Man. <laughs> no, no. He was in the the Elton John biopic Rocket. Man. Yeah. I I can't think of who he was in the movie, but he was in that, and I was like, I watched a movie and saw Fred, and didn't even realize I was looking at Fred. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, I have a note that I, I it was, it's, I'm, I'm going to steal it. I'm going to give full credit to, um, CinemaSins cause they, they're the ones who made the joke and I'm just going to, to borrow it. Um, they're talking about how he wakes up and he is like, he's a changed man mm-hmm. and everything like that is like, leave it to like the super rich to like, he has this, rel- like, this... this. Wait, is there a cinema sense specifically for the Muppet Christmas Carol? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, they're talking about how um, he's like, Scrooge, like, leave it to somebody who's super rich to have a change of heart, and the first thing he does when he wakes up is pay a peasant boy to go do his chores <laughs> for him. Uh, I have a note about how everyone must be super confused when yesterday he was a dick, and then he went home, and now he's not a dick. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Um, oh, hold on. I just uh, a couple things from when the ghost, uh, the ghost of Christmas had to come. Uh, the spider. Oh yeah, that that is, is, let's, let's like, not forget that weird fucking scene. My my main point about the spider was the coat he's wearing is v- like the idea of a coat for a spider is a very elaborate thing. Yeah, <laughs> there's just sleeves everywhere. Yeah. Um, and he's like, uh, then Scrooge is like, please, uh, go, uh, please, spirit, show me some tenderness. And then the spirit's like, you want some tenderness? Here's a dead kid. <laughs> Here's dead Tiny Tim. Um, I also had that it's, it's subtle that they to make the the Christmas yet to come gloomy. Mm-hmm. Um, they made it raining instead of snowing. Oh yeah. Um, when really, when you think about it it makes it seem gloomier and sadder when all that really means is that that Christmas was just a little bit warmer. Yeah. Than that, that other Christmas. I say I've had more rainy Christmases than I've had snowy Christmases. And then I have a, a note, uh, where they, uh, they're talking about, uh, Bob, uh, walking slower nowadays. Like where he's like, uh, Oh, his father told me, I was like, no, he seems to be, Seems like he's walking slower nowadays than he used to, and I just haven't noticed. Like, think he'd walk a little faster now to carry around that sick. <laughs> he's carrying around that sick kid everywhere. Maybe he too uh, has rickets. Maybe. Well, uh, yeah, but then imagine everyone's confusion the next morning when Scrooge is like, "Hey, I'm a cool guy," and everyone's like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Um, I have a joke um, when he goes and tells uh, Bunsen uh, that he's going to donate, and he whispers. 
uh, what he's going to donate. Mm-hmm. I just have a joke that goes, uh, uh, six. Put me, put me down for six. <laughs> <laughs> just like a, a ridiculously low amount. Yeah. Um, I have a problem, though, that the, the beaker gives him the scarf. The, the scarf fits him? <laughs> no. Um, no, it's not charity, then. No, it's not. He just overpaid for a scarf. It's true. Um, how's that rabbit carrying that turkey? Yeah, that he he specifically says the the prize turkey. Oh, the one that's two times mm-hmm. as big as I am. Um, it's something I read about that. Like I I, I read about after the fact, but I noticed, uh, and I've always had a problem with this. When in the Santa Claus mythology. Did Cole become what bad children get? Oh, I don't know, but I read something about this as well. Where p- children were confused yeah. when the, ra- the bookkeepers were given coal for the fire. Yeah. They thought, like, what did the rats do that were bad? Yeah. Got- so I feel like that the story of Santa Claus is old enough, at the very least, into the early 19th, 1900s, where coal would have still been a valuable household commodity. Yeah. So it's just, I, it's strange to me that the bad, the good kids get presents and the bad kids get to be warm. Yeah. But anyway, um, I never really thought about it. And now like I watched it in watching it this time. I thought about when like, so Fozzie and the headmaster are in an old folks home together. Yeah. They're hanging out together. Do do you think they do do you think they know that they have the mutual connection of Scrooge? Uh, I'm sure they do. They have to cuz he's a man of business. <laughs> like, like I wonder if they always just like, if they ever tell Scrooge stories. I hope so. Um apparently in I I read something if I'm not mistaken in the original in the book or the novella as you called it. Um the character of Sam the Eagle, um, like that whole that whole bit, mm. is not like the like the, the 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 adult figure in that in that part of the story isn't Sam the Eagle. It's actually Scrooge's sister. And in the original thing, you never like after you see Fezziwig, like it's like he doesn't. You don't see Fezziwig as an old man later in the thing. This is like. The only iteration of the story where you see Fezziwig, uh, Fozziwig as an old man. Um, hmm. But yeah, it's, it is weird that these two uh, random people who have been in this person's life have ended up in the same, uh, same in the into the same retirement home. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, one of uh, I like in the song, the um, what's the name of the song? I, I was, I always forget that this is a song, even though it's a good song. It's better than, uh, God bless us all or whatever. Um, um hold on, I'm looking it up. <laughs> thankful heart. Thankful heart. There you go. I like that he gives cheese to the mice. Yeah. So even in this, even in his own narrative, the, the mice that have appeared several times in the movie are important enough yeah. to acknowledge. Oh, uh, there's another funny joke in the CinemaSins where he's talking about um, he's like he, he he gives them the, the mice the cheese, 
And he's like, what self-respecting mouse eats Parmesan? He's like, what are you going to put it on the, on the pasta that you're not eating? <laughs> um, he, he goes to Bob's Cratchit's house and waves everyone away. And he's like, he basically is going like, he's like, I'm nice now, but watch, I'm going to play this mean prank. Real quick. <laughs> watch, I'm going to fuck with this guy for a minute. I'm going to fuck with this guy whose life I've essentially ruined. <laughs> Um, I have a note. I'm about to raise your salary, pay your mortgage, and somehow make your son not die. <laughs> I just think it's funny that he's like, he's like, Merry Christmas, Bob. Now feed the entirety of London. Because that's literally what he does. He's just like, hey. Yeah, cook this giant turkey I brought you guys. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I'm guessing it's a uh, logistical um, reason, but uh, it almost the 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 closing dinner scene uh-huh. when they're zooming out um, makes it seems like like humans are a second class citizen in this world because it's only Muppets around the table. Oh, the humans are outside singing. The humans are on the very outskirts, and I'm sure again, I'm sure it's a logistical thing. They needed yeah the space to to do the Muppets, but um, and then the it just makes maybe it makes me laugh that that final scene where they pull out. That um, like they they're all sitting down to dinner, but there's still just like a random crowd of people, just like oh yeah, he changed. Like, <laughs> they're outside, just like reveling in the fact yeah. that he's a good person. Yeah, now. they're not even all in the house. Yeah, they're all out in the fucking like, street. Come down the street, look at the Scrooge through the window. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and then real quick in that final song in the in the thankful heart, um. In the background of the uh, in of the scenes, you see at one point a um, a store called Micklewhites, right? The and a, which is which is apparently uh, Sir Sir Michael Caine. Um, his his birth name is Maurice Joseph Micklewhite, so it's a uh, direct uh, reference to his actual name. Mm. Um, but we have. Uh... Uh, maybe the qu- most quotable line of the movie. God, do you know what I'm referencing? God bless us, everyone. No, wow. no. And Tiny Tim, who did not, not die. die. <laughs> um, I think it's weird. Um, I think it's weird that they cut out when love is gone, because this final song is a direct yeah. nod and opposite to when love is gone because they the song is when love is found um so it's weird that they cut that out and the and left its its i guess like its brother song essentially in Mm. the in the in the movie um but but that is uh but once we find out that tiny tim did not die that's um that's that's the that's the end of of zach and mine's favorite uh christmas movie it's uh, mm-hmm. it's it's I, I, like I said, it's always it's it's it, that's it's it doesn't feel like Christmas to me until I watch um Muppet Christmas Carol, and I've been putting it off, Same. um, specifically for the podcast. Um, so it was it's it, it was it was good to uh, I I like I said I I love this movie, so it's it's always it's always a joy to watch it. I've I've watched it a lot this year actually. My son, my six year old, um. Got really into it. Uh, you just randomly. Um, I feel like I put Muppet Treasure Island on for him on Disney Plus, 
and Muppet Christmas Carol was one of the suggested um, things mm. afterwards, and he put that, and I put that on for him. But uh, I, I feel like my son got into it last year, not so much this year. This year he's um, he's into Go Go Corey Carson, whatever that is. It's. Have you ever seen those? Like, is there um, also a thing about premature birth in Go Go Corey Carson? No, there's a whole other bunch of questions that come up with Go Go Corey Carson. <laughs> um, I, f- I forget the company, but I, I I wouldn't even be able to explain it to you. It's a it's a car, like a family cars. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Christmas. It's a series on Netflix, but there's also a Christmas special where it's Santa cars. Uh-huh. Of course, it's, it's Santa Claus. Uh, it's like the shit. Now I have to find it because I can't just leave it. Like, can't just leave us all. I think guessing. Because it turns out my kid has had like Corey Carson stuff and not even realized it because it's all part of like a like a universe, like JJ the Jet Plane. It's all part of a a, a car, like a toy V Tech. Oh yeah, V Tech. I know V Tech. Like the V Tech cars. Yeah, and, my, and like stuff. my kids have had tons of V Tech shit. Yeah, Go Go Corey Carson is a V Tech car. Oh, okay. And it's it's he it's it him and his family are all V Tech cars. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's stuff like Santa cars, and like in one episode, he like they have a babysitter, and he thinks he's too old for a babysitter, so he starts acting like like really mature mm-hmm. or tried to, but like he actually he wets himself, and instead of wetting himself, he leaks oil, Gross. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so like, uh, he hasn't really been that. And, um, strangely, have I told, have I talked to you about the Angela's, uh, Christmas specials he's watched? No. There are two Christmas specials on Netflix, um, based on the characters from the nineties, depressing Irish memoir, Angela's ashes. Really? And... The in Angela's Ashes, um, I wasn't very familiar with the story. I had to look it up myself after having put these on, and then I made the connection. Mm-hmm. Like I put these on, not making the connection that this was Angela's Ashes. Um, Angela's Ashes follows the writer of the memoir uh, was the son of Angela, an Irish woman, and her husband. I forget what his name was, uh, and they just lead a very depressing and and poor Irish life. Mm-hmm. In, in like the 40s and the like early like 40s and 50s um, but the main character of the novel is the son it's, it's from the son's perspective mm-hmm. the Christmas specials are even further in the past and they're Angela is a little girl and then like in one her father has to go to Australia for work around Christmas time and her one Christmas wish is that her father would be home for Christmas mm-hmm. Like what? Like really, it could have been anything but Angela's Ashes. But for some reason, there's these two children's animated Christmas specials based around the depressing Angela's Ashes memoir. That's weird as shit. Um, so Zach, which which go ahead. I, I was about to say, uh, raise the question: If I'm watching a- Angela's Ashes, God damn it, you took my fucking segue. <laughs> Well, I was going to well, say, we, say we know what we know what Ben is watching, Zach. But what are you watching? Uh, after last week, where I had uh, had to struggle, I've actually watched a good amount of stuff this week. Uh, mainly, 
real quick, just just to breeze through them, I started watching. Uh, me and my wife started, started watching Your Honor. Oh, with uh, Brian Cranston. Yeah, um, it's. I want to see where it goes. There's a lot of. It's a little. I don't know what the word for it is. It's it's wacky in a dramatic way. Fun, if that makes any sense. Like it's it's like they keep they can't help but trip over themselves. Yeah. But in a dramatic way, it's not slapsticky. It's like, like you like I, it's 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 straight. I, I, it's fine so far. I'm not entirely sold on it just yet. Uh, we watched a documentary called Baby God on HBO Max, which is about a a obstetrician from Las Vegas in the uh, like 40s, 50s, 60s up to the seven, the 80s, who uh, a fertility expert who it turns out through the uh, advent of like these. Uh, like 23andMe and and Ancestry.com, it, it came out that this guy was mixing his own uh, formula into the into the batter, yeah. um, and had fathered possibly hundreds of children over the decades. Um, it was fine. You, it it got a little more that kind of thing. I want more of like a um, true crime feel to yeah. it. This was a more of a human interest story kind of feel. Like they they talked to the, the like they people that turned out to be his kids. Yeah. Like not that they don't deserve to have their stories told. That's just not what I was looking for with the premise. Yeah. So it was fine. Um, I watched uh, the Crudes too. Oh, how was that? Because my my six year old wanted to watch that, and I I, I enjoy fine. the Crudes. It's right. fine. I enjoy the Crudes as well. It's fine. It's it's not as engaging as the first cruise, but it's, it's fine. Um, it made me think about because we mentioned earlier, uh, it may, like because my mind jumped to this when we were talking earlier about uh, the Muppet breeding. Mm-hmm. It's also strange to think about the crudes having sex, it, which they had to three times it, at least. Yeah. Because they all sleep in a ball. They all do sleep in a ball. That's right. <laughs> they sleep in a sleep pile. In one, in, 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 at, at the time of the first movie, in in a small cave together. Yeah. So it must have been very uncomfortable for Eve. Yeah. When uh, when her brother and little sister were being made, uh, I watched uh, Tenet. Uh, the Christopher Nolan. Right. Um. I, I made the comment to you through text. Yeah, Zach told me. I, it's, almost, it's almost as if you would imagine Christopher Nolan made a deal with YouTube where he's like, I'll make a movie that makes somewhat sense on the the surface, but you need to go and watch YouTube videos about it to really understand what's <laughs> happening. It was fine. Uh, not my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. Probably not even my top five Christopher Nolan movies, but it was yeah. fine. I... I didn't, it wasn't a labor to watch yeah. it. Um, and then the latest thing I watched, which I really enjoyed, probably the thing I've enjoyed most this week that I watched was uh, Bee Gees, How Do You Mend a Broken Heart? The HBO Max Bee Gees documentary. Uh, really entertaining. And you realize like how crazy a career the Bee Gees had. Um, well, it's funny. They, like, they, they, 
in my mind, I just think of the Bee Gees as being that, uh, you know, like 70s disco band. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out they never even saw themselves that way. They 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 started in the late 60s as like like um, a, a British invasion group. Yeah. Um, and then kind of fell out of favor, like kind of, you know, faded. And then came back with like an R&B sound that like, and like when you think of the Bee Gees, you think of that like high falsetto Barry Gibb voice, yeah. yeah? That didn't even come around until like the mid seventies. That's crazy. They were doing a song he t- he talks about in the in the in the um, documentary. They were doing a song and they had the idea that there should be like a, a high pitched screamy vocal as like the fading, like as the track is fading. Mm-hmm. Like in the background, like hope, and and the hope was that whoever did this vocal could do it like on somewhat of a key. So Barry Gibb is like, maybe I could try it. Like I'll, I'll see what I could do, and found out he had this ability to do this high falsetto voice that he didn't even know he had the ability to do. That's crazy, and it became almost like synonymous yeah. with them. Like when you think of the Bee Gees, you think of that height. Like you think of "Stay Alive." That like, I think of. And when I think all... of the Bee Gees, I think of two things. I think of the high falsetto voice, and I think of the 1942 coal mining disaster. Is that them? Yeah. And see, that is from their Britpop yeah. era. And then all the, like, the other disco... And then they had this whole thing where like there was a backlash. But like I, I was mentioning to my wife, um, the thing the documentary does well that I think does better than a lot of documentaries I've seen is they were very good at choosing who they interview mm-hmm. and choosing when to highlight those interviews within the documentary. So for instance, there's a section of the documentary that talks about the time they broke up after their initial, you know, British invasion yeah. popularity yeah. Um, because they were clashing as bandmates and brothers, and it's with it, it's in this part of the documentary that they start talking to, uh, I forget, I, I want to say Noel Gallagher from Oasis. Mm. I don't remember which Gallagher. I want to say it was Noel. They start talking to Joe Jonas, and then it's, you start to realize, oh, they're talking to people who have experienced yeah, the same thing being brothers in a band. And then later um, they inadvertently became the face of disco because of the Saturday night uh, fever soundtrack. Yeah. So then they were the, they felt the brunt of the blowback against disco as the seventies went on into the eighties. Mm-hmm. And then they start talking in the documentary to Chris Martin from Coldplay about how when a band becomes so popular and so huge, the only real interesting thing to say about the is band how much you hate them. is how much you hate them and how terrible they are and how their type of music is awful. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That, like, they, that's the they guy. They fucking talk to Chris Martin, yeah. So, yeah, like, it, like one thing they did that I feel like is they did better than a lot of documentaries is picking and choosing who they talk to and interesting. when. In the uh, what Adam, what are you watching? Uh, I have two things. Um, 
uh, and it was actually it was getting to the point. I'll I'll admit I I took my notes on the movie today when the the day we were recorded. Um, You're doing my yeah. style, my old style. I used to that used to be. Now I'm lately I've been watching. Days yeah, in I've been. I don't know why. I just I just didn't. I never. I didn't have time to watch it this week. Um, it's a holiday season. Yeah, it was a holiday season. Um, my son does. Um, my son does hybrid school. Well. He was doing hybrid school, but then they canceled that around the Thanksgiving um, time because of like the, the the threat of a spike of COVID cases, of which there was. Um, but they've gone back to a thing. So my son had school for the first time in a month um, this week. Um, he actually had to go to school for the first time in a month this week, um, and just a whole bunch of other shit um, where I, I didn't I didn't feel like I had time to watch the movie. So I finally took the time to watch it today. Um, but I, I did watch something else this week. Um, it was called, uh, it was a documentary on, I want to say it was Hulu called we are Columbine. Um, it was mm-hmm. a documentary, uh, obviously about the, the school shooting in 99. Yes. In, mm-hmm. in, mm, was it 99 or one of them? It was in the late nineties. We'll go late. The school shooting in the late nineties in Colorado. Um, uh, and it was, it was 99. interesting. I thought it was interesting because it was um, we had there's the I think if when you think Columbine documentaries, you think Bowling for Columbine that Michael Moore did. Um, and, you know, Michael Moore, you know, makes documentaries, but he doesn't really have like that. He doesn't have an attachment really to um, the incident uh, of Col- at Columbine. Um, but the this this one was interesting to me because it was directed by a student who was there the day that it happened like they were in they 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 lived through it and they made a they made a documentary about it um the other thing i watched um i actually watched today right before we started recording was when i turned it on it's an amazon original movie um when i turned it on i thought the name of the movie was 7500 referring to the altitude of that a plane would fly but uh, through watching the movie, I found out the movie is actually called 7500, which apparently is code for a hijacking. Mm. Um, so the movie is it's starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, the movie is about a, a plane. I don't I, I don't believe it's a it's a true story. Um, it's about a plane that's going from Berlin, Germany to Paris, France, that is hijacked. Um, and the like ninety, I'd say ninety eight percent of the movie, not, not even ninety nine percent of the movie takes place in the cockpit of this plane. Um, uh, apparently, I was reading it was a choice of the director. They wanted to, um, if if Joseph Gordon Levitt being one of the pilots of the plane wasn't allowed to leave the cabin, then neither was the audience. Um, so, uh, just a uh, quick, just to to continue your the not a not based not on based on true story. story. Okay, um, when watching it, it didn't seem like it was, but I mean, you can never be sure nowadays. With they they make everything a uh, they make everything based on a true story. Um, but yeah, so he it's a, it's a story about a uh, uh, I'll spoil it a little bit. Um, the plane is uh, is taken over. Um, this one of the stewardesses um, goes to bring the pilots like their lunch or whatever their their meal, 
And when she opens up the cockpit to bring them their food, one of the hijackers bum rushes her and makes his way into the cockpit. Um, he stabs the captain. Apparently the captain and the pilot of a plane, two different people. Um, so he stabs the captain. Joseph Gordon-Levitt um, is able to um, to render to 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 knock him out and render him unconscious and and uh, and hog and basically uh, hog tie him. Um, so the the majority of the movie is is basically just um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt interacting with the terrorists that have hijacked this plane through the intercom system on the plane uh, through the community the the phone that communicates between the cab and the um, the cockpit in the cab of the plane um, is entertaining. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm definitely not going to chalk it up as um, like one of the, the best movies of this year. I saw that it comes in at a, a, a tight one thirty, like one hour, 32 minutes. Yeah, it's a quick, it's a, if I'm going to, if I'm going to take my chances on a movie, I, like nowadays, especially like I, I find it harder and harder to sink my time into like a two and a half hour movie. Like I need to like really need to want to yeah. see the movie or have to do it for like yeah. this. Like, like my relief when I look at a movie that we're doing like week to week and I'm like, Oh, it's like, like for this one, it came in at a like hour 25 yeah. or something like that. I was like, ah, like not even like, I don't like, I love this movie. I'll, I love sitting through this movie, but like, I don't have to dedicate yeah, like, my entire yeah. night. So we're not, you're not, we're not covering the Irishman. So you don't got to fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so seven, five, zero, zero was good. If, if you have to watch an Amazon original movie, I'm going to say, skip this one and watch what I talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, the sound of metal. Um, or, or uncle Frank is Zach talked about. Um, uh, but this, you know, th- it's, it's a decent watch. Um, but um, I did like it. The, Evidently, a captain is just the senior pilot yeah. on the plane. Um, so like, the, so a captain is but a he's pilot, not, like the pilot, because he introduced uh, in the in the movie no. the guy, the captain, refers to Joseph Gordon-Levitt as the one who's flying the plane. So the captain isn't necessarily one flying the plane, as I would assume. Here's here's a, an aircraft must always have a nominated senior pilot who is in overall charge of the aircraft. This pilot is the captain. A newly qualified airline or private jet pilot is allocated the rank of first officer, which is then what later can become a senior would, first officer before they take their I say command. Just, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is refers to himself as the first officer of. The- so it seems like the captain is a pilot. So like it, it seems like we're giving too much weight to the actual piloting mm-hmm. of the plane. It's literally just a mechanical. Yeah, roll like you're 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 flying it, but the captain is the pilot of the plane in the sense that he's in charge of the overall. Yeah. Like it's as if uh, the captain of a ship designated a crew member to man the yeah. the wheel. He's still in charge, but he's just not driving. Yeah, technically, that 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 crew member is directing the point the the ship where it's, it's kind of like an Uber driver, where the guy the Uber driver is driving the car, but you're telling him where to go. Yeah, kind of. But uh, like, I don't. I I probably would want my my pilot to talk to me if I'm a captain, versus where I don't want my Uber driver yeah, to true. talk to me. Um, so yeah, so that's, I've been watching, I've been watching, um, I watched We Are Columbine and I watched, uh, 
seven five zero zero. Um, so uh, next week, Zach and I will uh, we're gonna we're this is like we said earlier. This is our final Christmas movie of the season. Next week we will be doing a New Year's movie. Um, we're playing <laughs> very, very fast and loose with the term New Year's movie. Um, this is a New Year's movie in the sense of the uh, final, uh, the finale of the movie takes place on New Year's Eve. Um, we're going to be covering the classic film Ghostbusters Two. We're skipping right yeah, over, we're going Ghostbusters, right over one. Ghostbusters One because you know what? It doesn't take place. It doesn't end on New Year's Eve. So, um, uh, tune in with us next week. You know when we we say goodbye to 2020. And um, hopefully uh, better times in 2021. We already have uh, a few uh, movies scheduled for 2021. We have a couple guests that we have guests scheduled that we haven't had on the show before. Um, should be interesting. We have our next live watch coming up fairly early in the, in the new year in February. Um, uh, I will say as always, if uh, we don't have any new countries listening to us, but um Follow us on Twitter at Summer Movie Clue, Summer Movie CLU, and then the number one. Um, Zach, if you have nothing else to say, other than uh, if if it's uh, what you do, uh, Merry Christmas. Um, I'll be a year older next time you hear my voice. Uh, and because my wife is terrible at uh, hiding Christmas gifts. I might sound a little better. No, that's right. Zach is, uh, Zach is Zach. Zach's wife got him a uh, a microphone for Christmas. So uh, next time you hear us, uh, Zach might have a little bit a little bit better audio quality. Um, but uh, I would say as well, if, if it's if it's your prerogative, Merry Christmas. Um, if it's not your prerogative, Happy Hanukkah. Uh, I know I don't know the. That's over. I know it's I over, but it's 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 it was recently over. Um, I know I don't. What's the uh, what's from The Simpsons? What is it? Uh, 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 Merry Christmas, a crazy Kwanzaa. Yeah, I don't remember uh, that. <laughs> no, a Happy Hanukkah, a Merry Christmas, a crazy Kwanzaa, and a solemn <laughs> Rabbanah. Um, but yes, uh, as and uh, uh, aside from that, um, as I always say, uh, be happy, be healthy, uh, be safe, be kind to one another. I don't remember what the hell I say. Be what do I say? Be safe, uh, be safe, be healthy, to, be, be kind to one another. Be, be kind to and uh, we'll see everybody next week for a very loose interpretation of a New Year's Eve movie uh, with Ghostbusters 2. Uh, all right, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.